On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will lament the never-ending assault on the bank accounts of Star Wars figure collectors before talking about one of the greatest fan-made Star Wars weapons of all time. Matt will then break down the latest proper Star Wars comic in Star Wars number 7 2020, which featured some High Republic nods and a bit of Tarkin lore. The two will link back up for some Mando topics, including a breakdown of the mysterious egg canister that keeps popping up in new promotions, as well as the writers of each S2 episode. Finally, before the fan fest, the two will talk some Kenobi series news, which will lead them into the question of the week, featuring everyone's favorite Sith Master and the top five plus one Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Cue the music. Hey now, hey now, hey now, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Uh, I have a feeling the tech's a little funky right now. I, Nick kind of blanked out on me while we were chatting as the intro was going, so hopefully I can still hear him. It Uh-oh. looks it looks like the stream is delayed in my preview, so who knows if you guys are even seeing anything, or if you're just <laughs> seeing a bunch of little jumbled pixels going like blah, 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 blah. Either way, we're here and we're ready to talk Star Wars. But as we've been doing recently, at least since the uh, the COVID-19 lockdown period, we've just been kind of shooting the shit to open the show, talking about a wide variety of topics, not just Star Wars-centric topics. If you're on mm-hmm. the live stream, you see we have a Star Wars screen up right now. And yeah, we are going to talk a little Star Wars Squadrons multiplayer. <laughs> Uh, but before we get there, because, yeah, Nick and I, we actually followed up on our homework. We played some multiplayer, even though it was like uh, pulling teeth for young Nick. But I did get him on the PS4. We did play some dogfights. We went through we a fleet battle. like an hour. Like, I was surprised. Like, I looked at the time. I was like, oh, wow, we played for an hour. Not that it was like, oh, man, this was so fun that the hour flew by. But we played for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll get into that real quickly, but as we always do, we just kind of, you know, catch up. What's been going on since the last time we sat around and powwowed with other Star Wars fans? And Nick, you know me, I, I tend to like to spend a lot of money on Star Wars collectibles in between shows. It, it's something that I'm trying to get better at. Uh, mm-hmm. We have uh, two new Star Wars figures to talk about, and and I can tell you, I have not pre-ordered them yet, so I am growing. I am getting better at not just jumping on that pre-order wagon, hitting the button, adding it to cart, and committing myself to hundreds of dollars on Star Wars toys. But uh, I did get some new ones. They came in. The PulseCon exclusives showed up this week. Nice. Uh, doesn't mean I'll do anything with them. I'll probably just leave them in their boxes. But I, I, I do like to do some show and tell on the live stream. So I got this big one. The big ass Heroes of Endor set, right? That's the the Paplu, Lukey boy, and the Lovebirds, okay? That showed up. That's actually quite a nice package, Nick. I'm not going to lie. It's a nice... I even think the box you'll be able to use for some dioramas if you get into the toy pick game. 
In addition to that, my friend, I got my uh, first three and three quarter inch figures in probably about three or four years. Okay. Uh, I there told you this. This this was an impulse buy, a love for the clones, in particular the 501 boys. Uh, I had to get the set of the 501st Legion Arc Troopers, which is Fives, Jesse, and Echo. Um, nice. And they truly are. I mean, just even what Hasbro is doing with these little boys and girls, if you will, it's amazing. I mean, they are very, very tiny, like like Matt Matt Weenie tiny. Okay, <laughs> I can relate to the size of these figures very well because uh, that's about what I look like when I'm hard. Uh, <laughs> um, but we'll see. We'll see what I can do with them. You can't really pose these guys too much. I mean, I don't even know if their arms bend, but I have been seeing other people out there like Papa. I think young Liam got in there and shot those little boys. So I'm going to take the challenge and do it next, but it's not over yet. People, you know me, you know how I spend the fucking money on this shit. The, um, those of you that ordered the reprint of the purge troopers, those should be shown up at least here in the States. This is the guy with the, uh, electro staff. Uh, Nick, I never got the standard purge trooper. So in hand, these guys do look kind of cool. Yeah. Remember? I mean, they were, they were like the best, I don't want to say the best part of, of Jedi fallen order. Cause I think that the game was good. Um, but they were like the coolest aesthetic, you know, new aesthetic trooper that came from that game. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. Totally. And I, I did end up ordering the scout trooper from that game too. Cause nice. I mean, they put suspenders on it, Nick. So <laughs> you, you gotta have a scout trooper with suspenders. If you already have did a few scout you, troopers, did they give him like the little, yeah, yeah. I think electro yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got his little fucking baton that he would beat you with as well. Yeah. Okay. And then last but not least, this is not star Wars, but here, let me go get my bag of tricks here. I had to get the um, the Logan and Professor X from the Logan movie. Um, Come on. The movie was fantastic. Yeah, it just I I, I love Hugh Jackman. I mean, say what you will. I think I think one of my favorite Hugh Jackman movies is The Greatest Showman. (laughs) You dude, I remember when that came out and you're like, man, Greatest Showman really got me. Oh, I I have never, ever cried like that in a movie theater and and like I'm not someone that really goes to musicals. It's not my scene. I don't do plays. I was just taking the wife and we went like months after it opened. And just the whole time I'm sitting there like fucking crying. I mean, a lot of it is because it's a dad and he has two little girls. I have, I have a little girl and that kind of stuff came into play, but woo, like the, like the stuff at the end and how he admits like he was a shithead dad and husband. And now he's going to do the right. It just, you know, fucked me over. I don't know what that says about myself and how I treat my two women, but, uh, that movie definitely fucked me up. Uh, I love it, man. It's, it's, it's music, right? Uh, I mean, music to me, uh, more so than, than anything, even, even imagery or or pictures of my family. It's the music that can really get me leaky. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that triggers all of the emotion that triggers like, this is how you should feel. This is what you should be feeling now. If John Williams didn't do Star Wars, exactly. I don't think, you know, I don't think Star Wars would be where it's at. It was his score that really sold all of the it, moments. It would not. I mean, yeah, the, the pictures are neat and George's ideas are fantastic. But in terms of like the emotional connection, the bond I have to Star Wars, the Pavlov's dog's reaction to certain themes. Uh, we've talked about this, you know, the, the, the force theme in particular 
is a is a gut buster for me uh luke's theme any of that type mm-hmm. of shit so oh yeah yeah music's big that's why greatest showman's up there but i always liked you as the wolverine and these are actually great looking figures plus i'm gonna have a wheelchair uh, maybe i can do something with that with with star wars uh, I probably could if I was one of you uh, imaginative toy photographers, uh, but knowing me, I'll just stand him there nice and still and take a static image. So that's the new shit. The money keeps bleeding out. Uh, I did get Mando out for a photo shoot, dropped one of those last night on the IG, um, got decent reaction, but that, that figure, man, dude, anyone that's purchase the hot toys mandalorian it has basically said the same things i've been thinking about it i mean if we could fuck it we would fuck it all right <laughs> that, that's how awesome it looks that's how sexy he looks it is just a damn good looking figure and i think even my basic portrait shooting ass got a few decent shots with him he's such a good looking figure nick i think i want to do another shoot with him which which tends to go against my rules in my head with toy photography you unbox a fig you let it sit on the table for six months to a year so it's no longer new and no one gives a shit when you actually do take a picture of it but when you do take a picture of it it needs to go away okay that (laughs) that's that's the process for me but this one i'm keeping out because he is such a suave looking motherfucker i mean mando it's like even though we've seen that armor on multiple different characters it's just the way that it pops on mando's different his accessories are way cooler than anybody yeah. else's i mean it's that it's that best car shine uh, yeah it's i don't shiny, i, I think car. you're right man i don't know what it is and, and this is the even the non-best car i mean he just has the the, the pauldron in his helmet but nick is right there's something about din and the way he armored up that makes him look different than all the other Mandalorians. I mean, outside the armorer who clearly has a, the most unique looking Mando helmet I've seen, uh, and really just her, her getup in general is, is much different, but, but Din, you know, you line him up next to a death watch, you line him up next to the Fets, and he stands out. I mean, even he against does. even against the heavy who who you know naturally stood out with that big fucking gun in his fat ass stomach. There's just something about the, the the cape with the armor, the 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 hodgepodge of colors on the armor. We're talking non full Beskar. Uh, I don't know, man. He just he's a gem of a figure. I uh, can't wait to see what he he and the child are getting into come October 30 because the Haywood family has once again made another tour through Mando S1 this past weekend. <laughs> uh, we're on we're on episode eight, but uh, whenever we get the big screen outside, we want to do something big, you know, not like the little cartoons yeah. and the princess stuff. Uh, so we did another rewatch of, of Mando. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Mando is probably one of the Mando and uh, Game of Thrones are probably the two best to watch on a big screen. Hey, th- I would say. This guy showed up too, Cad Bane, the there exclusive, and he he looks great. So, one last thing, uh, because of my squadrons boner that I've had for almost two weeks now uh, for the virtual reality, I, I have to put that caveat in there so Nick doesn't try to laser beam my eyes out. Um, but I was like, you know what? Fuck it. You're lazy. Uh, you got the PSVR hooked up again to your beautiful PS4 Pro limited edition 20th anniversary PlayStation deal. 
why not try another VR game you've been wanting to play? And so I took the initiative. I coughed up some bucks and downloaded uh, Vader Immortal, which is uh, it was $30 for the three episodes. Basically, te- it, it's 10 bucks an episode. And I'd say the episodes clock in 45 to an hour. It, it's plenty value to me considering a movie, you know, is 14, 15, 16 bucks. And you, it's it. You see it once and then you can't see it again until you buy it on digital. So. Uh, no problem spending that type of money. And honestly, it's fucking great. It, it, it's it's Star Wars. It's VR. It's Vader. You're holding a lightsaber. Yeah, it, can't be. It's that. pretty fucking fun. I will tell you though that compared to how excellent the VR is in Squadrons, it was a little bit of a downgrade in terms of just the VR experience in general. Uh, my hands were always looking bent like this, like I had fucking lobster claws in game. Uh, <laughs> it, I was getting some really wonky tracking when you're climbing up ladders and trying to pull yourselves over ledges. Uh, but I mean, the world looks great standing next there to Vader as my short little ass was something fucking neat. Like, Nick, mm-hmm. I'm basically like looking at his nipples with with my little <laughs> lightsaber going like, wee, 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 wee. I'm cool. Right, Vader. I'm cool. <laughs> like me. Um, but in terms of using the sword in the game and the force, it it does it does enough to trick your brain and kind of revert you down to, you know, two, three, four, five year old Matt. And you're sitting there. I could only imagine what I looked like to my family or anyone that came down while I was in the headset. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, I'm standing up. I have to play this game standing. I've got the saber in one hand, uh, the motion control in my other to use the force. And I'm literally like, wah, 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 making noises with my mouth like, (laughs) (laughs) just looking like a complete slapdick. But I'm glad I finally checked it out. Got episode three to finish off the adventure. So, um, you know, the squadrons has been good, not only to make me appreciate flying in a Star Wars uh, starship, Uh, But also just to, you know, kind of get back to that type of gaming and enjoy being immersed in this franchise that we love so much. So I had a pretty uh, productive and expensive uh, in between time, in between Star Wars time type of week, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I didn't like I spent some money like I bought Baldur's Gate 3, which is a PC uh, PC RPG. So like if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons, if you've ever played any of the old Baldur's Gate games, it is a very classic RPG turn based. Um, You know, you're you're really focused on your interactions with your characters and, and everything like that. So that's been sucking up a majority of my video game time. Um, like Matt mentioned, we played the multiplayer of Squadrons for uh, a <laughs> little bit you, yesterday. You want to get into that now? The the, the full. It's like, look, I'll right, just yeah. say my piece on it, and because <laughs> I've already given my opinion on the game right. last last week, so I'll, I'll I'll say how it went in my overall Spoiler opinion. Spoiler alert! He fucking hates it. <laughs> I so I played the multiplayer, and I really was hoping that, like, you know, with playing with another person, playing where you could communicate and stuff like that, that you know, it would be more fun and. and while it was a little bit more fun than the campaign, in my opinion, it's just not it's just not a, a game that's conducive to enjoyment for me. You know, it's to me the the non-VR in this game feels clunky. It feels um unfinished, unpolished. Um, it's really just, you know, 
it's just not good. And, and, you know, we had a, you know, semi conversation in, in our discord last night, tones saying that, Oh, well you didn't, I, you know, you didn't play the old games. I played the old games. I played X-Wing. I played TIE fighter. I played X-Wing versus TIE fighter. I played all of these, you know, other star Wars space sim games. And this one is, is, you know, I just don't, don't feel like it's, it's that good. I feel like for $40, you're essentially paying for, um, a non-descript campaign that's not worth playing just you know if, if nothing else just to learn the the moves in the game and to learn how the buttons work that's the only reason the campaign exists and it's it's a sole multiplayer experience and my my main issue with the game is that i'm almost convinced at this point and we'll never know if this is true or not that EA Motive, which was one of the primary developers of Battlefront 2. If you play Battlefront 2, you boot that game up. EA Motive is the, one of the first names that come, comes across the screen. EA Motive had designed this game, this game, quote unquote, to be a <laughs> expansion. Yeah, this guy fucking be, hates this game. Do you hear it? It's not good. Do you hear it? It's not good. I mean, this is, this is Nick angry, by the way. I know, I mean, it's <laughs> a lot of you that you're not used to this type of behavior and emotion from Nick. <laughs> and he still is pretty fucking level-headed. Uh, he I'm he was much to... angrier on on our chat last uh, yesterday when we were actually playing the game. There's a little more uh, fire under his ass, like the the, the vitriol. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the in the midst of it, it's you're definitely more angry. But I think this is what happened with Squadrons. Squadrons was being developed while. Yeah, there check this. This guy for- hates this game so much. He he's coming up with conspiracy theories. Like this got- is, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Squadrons was being developed while Battlefront 2 was still actively getting expansions. And and we all know that Battlefront 2's content was all free after the debacle with their uh their what you call it, their loot boxes thing. So they're like, all right, all the content that you get in this game is free. <laughs> and it like I really do think that Motive had built this to be attack on expansion to Battlefront 2, because if you look at the content that you get in it, you actually get less content in this game for $40 than you got free content from Battlefront 2 expansions, single Battlefront 2 expansions, not even all of them. So, I mean, that's my, I I think what happened is that Motive developed this as a Battlefront 2 expansion, the final Battlefront 2 expansion, because players in that game had been begging for Galactic Starfighter mode, just like we had in old Battlefront 2. Another space, you know, space flight sim that I really enjoyed. I played it more than I played the regular game. And EA was like, wait, why are we going to give this to them free when we can give it to them as a standalone game and charge them $40 (laughs) for it? And that's what happened. I love this. We should have... We should have had this for free. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not. I, I don't. I, I'm not going to buy fully into that conspiracy. But I will. I will kind of throw out that I, I think this game was specifically developed for virtual reality. Uh, I, I think that's part of why it's rubbing Nick the wrong way. That could be true. Uh, yeah. And here's the deal. I mean, I, I, I've played this game every day since I've owned it. it. It's a game just because of the VR. It's an experience I like to feel every day. Uh, you know, I beat the campaign before we were talking last week. So really uh, in between last show and this one, I've been dabbling in the multiplayer. I've been sucking at the multiplayer, but I'm still enjoying the game. 
even playing with Nick yesterday, it is definitely much more fun to play with a wingman that you can actually talk to. Uh, because all the solo matches I've been playing, people, they, they still don't communicate. It's not like I'm going to offer up any strategy myself. If no one's fucking talking, I'm not talking either. I'm muting myself. That's just how it goes. You know, I'm 40. I'm not really looking to, to start a professional gaming clan right now. Um, but I don't know. It's just the multiplayer to me, I, I'm still average to below average at online multiplayer in any genre at this point in my life. I don't think I'm ever going to get better unless I just dedicate hours and hours and hours of my time to these games. But with that being said, I still am enjoying the experience of virtually flying an X-Wing, a TIE Fighter, a Y-Wing, an A-Wing, an Interceptor, uh, so on and so forth trying to shoot down other live motherfuckers because i mean it's always it's always more authentic especially in a game like this a a somewhat space fighter sim to be uh, dog fighting with people that have organic brains all right yeah uh, the ai itself as nick and i found out it's no fucking joke either because we got embarrassed in a fleet battle versus AI, which is a mode you can play with, uh, what is it, five humans can take on yeah. five AI people in the fleet battles game mode, which, uh, in my opinion, is actually quite a an entertaining mode if you have the pieces, as in the players that are going to commit to playing it the right way. Because it's, it's essentially a big game of tug of war, right? Where... Mm-hmm. It's like capital supremacy. Yeah, you, if you've ever played Battlefront 2, where like you push towards a certain point, if you get your goal, then you move on to the next stage and next stage, and then if the other team pushes back, they move back to the, you know move you back. Right. They can push towards you. It's it's exactly that concept, except it's in space. Yeah. So uh, I mean, that, those matches can get fun, if not a bit repetitive, especially if you're just always playing against uh, the computer. But. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying Nick is fucking out of line here. I mean, uh, I only shit on other people's opinions when I know I'm 100% right. Uh, I have to tell you, when I took off my headset and played, the fun factor went down uh, significantly. Uh, I'm still not going to, you know, start conspiracy theories about it and feel (laughs) like uh, I was violated by the people at EA and whatnot. But hey, you know, Nick, Nick is he's he's allowed to have his opinion on it. And I can tell you it it's authentic. He fucking hates this game. There was times when we were playing yesterday where I thought he just fucking quit and and, and left the <laughs> match like he just stopped talking because he's like, uh, you hear him like, ah, uh, 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 crash again. Crash is like, it's just like, all right, this kid's going to go fucking postal here. Um, I mean, it's just like, here's another thing too. Like Matt was, Matt was in the middle of a dog fight and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm looking behind me with a VR headset and I can see, like, I can track the person behind me. So I know where they are They're Like they added that feature in non VR mode, but it's impossible <laughs> to use. Like, it's so ridiculous. Uh, yeah. You have to, you, you essentially have to use the yoke, right? To, the, the, yeah. You can't. <laughs> so if you want to look around you, you can't move your ship. Cause it's the same button. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So like I, I'm sitting there, so I'm having a fucking blast still just, I mean a horrible KD ratio. Uh, I think the one match I might've got five kills and I was still third or fourth on a, on a team of, of eight or whatever. 
but it is it, it, to me it, it, it it's 100 about that vr it's a fucking thrill ride and when you're in it and you're flying and, and you're competing it's it's still very hard for me to not uh, check a bunch of boxes that you know little kid matt had like what would this be like to be flying around in space getting shot at by ties or shooting at x-wings this that and the other thing and it does it really does i mean outside of being in a in a hydraulic rig to when I actually, you know, turn my stick and it fully moves my whole body like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much more real this experience can get. So I'm, I'm still yeah. uh, satisfied. But with that being said, I, I give this game maybe another week or two and it's probably going to rotate out of my, uh, uh, you know, daily or, or games to play throughout the week. Uh, yeah. I really want to finish the first horizon be- before the five comes out. I, I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, but it's just, it, it's a game and I'll be honest with you, man, the VR it's, it's physically exhausting. Um, I'm not some lazy piece of shit, but I can tell you, you, you keep that thing on. I, between immortal and squadrons with Nick yesterday, I think I went almost two hours and I, I felt like my head was going to explode, like just melt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the, the shit is physically fatiguing <laughs> and, and I just like, I don't think that it's worth like, in my opinion, I don't think that either of those games is worth $200 for me. Like if I had expendable income, then I think I would do it, but hey, I don't, I'm not going to pay. I, I'm with you. Like, I, I, we got to remember, I mean, I mean, poor Nick, he's, he's been unemployed now for months. I mean, I, I don't know what that is like. I hope I don't have to know what that's like. And I, I do, I do understand. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, if Nick was working, I would I would be pushing him hard to do just buy the fucking PSVR. I promise you it is worth two hundred dollars if you are a hardcore Star Wars fan. Uh, but I get it. I get it it's, it's, at this point, especially with the console flip coming. Uh, it ain't worth it unless you're you're rich as fuck. Uh, and even then, I'd contend if, if you're still not in VR, don't get in with the PSVR. It is, yeah. while it's probably the, the, the most affordable in VR, you pay for what you get mantra is, is, is pretty fucking true. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I won't be playing any more multiplayer with Nick. Uh, maybe some of you fandos and assholes if you want. Um, I'm F03 underscore h a m m three r on psn had to spell it out because even young nick couldn't figure it out he's like yo was he's like, like yo i sent an invite to this one i'm like well that's not me fuck it <laughs> i think like i don't know if you ever had like a playstation account for eb because it was literally your exact the thing that you exactly said except it was underscore e49 Right, right. So, yeah. So, I don't know. L- luckily, I, I could find Nick because his is like just Nick and a bunch of numbers. He's like Nick1138. Yeah. So, uh, we were able to get that across. But like I said, I'll, I'll probably be, I'm probably going to be slapping it on again tonight. It, it's just like I said, it's something, even if it's just one dogfight, I love the the thrill of sitting in a Star Wars starship and zipping around my basement. So, yeah. It's not for everyone, but that's why we're humans and that's why we have opinions. And one of these days we'll all understand that that's okay. 
It's okay. Yeah, I, mean, it's, I don't hate Nick now because he doesn't like the game as much as I like it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, of course, what am I going to do? Tell Matt to not play the game that he's enjoying because I don't like it? I don't care. Well, a lot of, hey, Nick, a lot of people uh, live their life that way, yeah. especially over here. It's so really weird. I will say that after playing this game, I'm looking forward to better Star Wars games coming out. More... <laughs> Like more, I'll put it this way: more robust. He's looking for Fallen Order too. I'm looking for returns that actually have like substance to them, that like give you something to dig your teeth into in Star Wars. And like you said, even though you're enjoying this game, it's got like a week left for you because there's there's really just not a lot of content there unless you like to play the multiplayer over and over again, which out of star wars games yeah the multiplayers are fun and stuff like that but star wars is about story expansion and 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 giving you more uh you know universe to explore and that just doesn't happen in this game and you know maybe I, maybe my expectations were too high for a 40 dollars title i still contend that it's not really worth 40 but you know i i I would really like to see the license be taken in a way like it was in before it was sold to EA, you know, before EA got the license where you had all of these rich story experiences happening in your games and you're expanding your lore and you're giving people more to enjoy, more characters to to fall in love yeah, with. Yeah, you know what we want. Yeah. We've said it a thousand times. We want Star Wars Ghost of Shima. That's it. Yeah. That's all I fucking want. Like the expansion's coming Friday, by the way, for that game, where literally for free, they're giving you a brand new co-op campaign, a brand new up to four player, uh, like, what is it? Like a skirmish mode, tournament raid, mode, raid mode, and yeah. and a raid. I mean, essentially three new things on top of a new game plus that gives you uh, new unlocks based on this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, uh, that's more content than you got in Star Wars Squadron. Yeah, he's not lying. He, he is not. <laughs> and that's free. <laughs> he, he is not lying. So, I mean, I know a lot of people probably like, well, I, I feel you, Nick. I can't wait for Fallen Order 2. Well, no, a Fallen Order 2, while a longer game and, and definitely $60 worth of content, I don't think people can tell me that that was a deep, robust and interesting Star Wars story. And the gameplay, in my opinion, is fucking garbage. So while I know we're definitely going to get another one because it made a shit ton of money and that's pretty much a green light and game design and development to just keep fucking rubber stamping the shit. The gameplay was was average at best. It was off the mark. It's the wrong genre for a Star Wars game. You don't do fucking uh, Soulsborne combat when you're wielding a blade of light. (laughs) Shit still pisses me off. Fuck, yeah. fuck uh, that I mean, shit. I, and you know, you know, Fallen Order is going to be like two, three, four, and it's all going to be the same fucking stupid shit with milk toast, Kestis. Okay. All right. Anyways, <laughs> there you go. To each their own. To each their own. We just got a, a pretty cool update in the chat, Nick, for us collectors out there. But a few weeks ago, we talked about the HasLab project. 
yep. where it's the uh, Razor Crest in uh, one eighteen scale, but like legit. I mean, this thing is is three hundred fifty dollars. It's essentially going to be a museum piece. It, it would. It's not going to be much different than if you rolled over to Lucasfilm, you went to their art department, and said, "Hey, can I get?" The model of the Razor Crest you guys use to make the the CG models. Okay, thanks. Um, we knew it was backed in record time. Yes, its first unlock, its first bonus unlocked, achieved in record time. Its second bonus has been unlocked. That that was going to be the the little child in his. Uh, I'm just going to call it the bassinet that Quill makes him at the end. Well, they have now announced. That the next unlock, that's right, people, Hasbro has seen so much action on this project. Again, this is a this is Hasbro's internal Kickstarter that they have announced the next unlock. And I'm assuming it's probably going to be at 10,000 backers or more. It is going to be all of the captured bounties in carbonite for the interior of the ship. Okay. All right. And that came from our boy Tones1138 in the chat. So... Um, I still have not plunked my money down on that. I am committed to do that one though, Nick, even though it's not my scale, I just, that thing, it's going to be a, a showpiece down here in the basement, but oh, yeah. you got to like these unlocks and they are, the, I, I think so far Hasbro has, has offered up some pretty, uh, enticing ones at that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really do think that. Adding in those 118 scale carbonite pieces, like the bounties, is going to be really cool for people like Kingdom of Weird and the three. Oh, and, dude, and you know they're going to be crowd. they're going to be just little three inches. I mean, I don't know. It's wild. It's wild. So yeah, no, I think uh, it's a fucking awesome, awesome addition. So and I think Drew Toy says the next one is now 13k. Like that's the next goal. So. Okay, so I said 10. So next one's at, at 13,000. Uh, Drew. All right. So I, I guess while we're, we're talking about toys our our actual topics besides yeah. us just yentering around like, like two old ladies here are more star Wars toys. Yay. In true fashion, SWTS fashion, it, it never fails. Uh, we got reveals, I believe Wednesday of last week of a there new <laughs> death watch, hot toys, Mandalorian figure. Um, this is the first one. We also got a, 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 my show to talk about, but Nick, I'll tell you what, man. Yep. I've showed restraint with last week's new reveals, which includes this death watch guy, which, which I'm not going to lie. I mean, it looks like a great, great hot toys. I mean, it looks nice. Honestly, to me, it just looks like they've repainted Boba Fett. Okay, thank you. Look, he's not even a collector. He's starting to pick up on these tactics that these toy like makers get is, into. This is just Boba Fett. It's blue fat. Okay. That's all okay. it is. You're, again, I mean, Nick and I, we do have a force connection. Even though I'm I'm more dark side and he is light. We we have a connection because I, I didn't even say that to him. But I believe Tones and I were uh, bullshitting in our discord last week about this guy. And I was like, you know what, man? Of course he looks great. But to me, it looks like they painted Boba Fett blue and then gave him Din's jumpsuit. Because Din, Din has like that grayish purple jumpsuit on right now. I mean, I'm looking at my figure. Yeah. And that's all it is. And so that is the main reason I have not hopped on this one yet even though it technically is included in the full wave of the one six scale mandalorian figures my friend 
Um, that gives me a little heartburn, but I just, as you said, I, I have a hard time getting up in all sorts of parts of my body for this, this death watch figure. Yeah. I mean, it's easy. Like here, here's what I say. It looks great. Like you're right. It looks great, but it's easy to make it look great because you already had the figure made. Like you yeah. didn't have to go out and do a new sculpt. You didn't have to go out and, 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 and make new things for this. All you had to do was just paint it differently. Yeah. And I can see like ha- having done this podcast with you for as long as we have, you know, I'm finally starting to pick up on, even though I'm not a collector on the toy collecting mindset. And I can see why frustration sets in so easily now as a buyer and as a collector is <laughs> because like, you're like, Oh wow. Like we're going to, we're going to release this new figure. It's so great. It's from the Mandalorian. It's going to fit in with all the other figures. And then they come out and they show you this. They're like death watch Mando. And you're like, this is blue buffet. This is blue buffet. Yeah. I like that, Nick. I like that blue buffet. We're running with it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not even like, it's Uh, the same fucking shit, man. It is. And, And look, like they didn't even take time to give him cool accessories. They literally gave him a nine millimeter pistol gun. Like it's not even that looks like that you could give it to fucking RoboCop. Like, it, yeah, man. Me? I mean, at least fat. He's got a, he's got the Wookiee braids. He's he's got uh, logos on his armor, different colored armor pieces. This that and the other thing. Obviously, Death Watch Blue is their thing. It is what it is. It's, they're like a gang, but yeah, it is. It really is just it, it, it's it's. I hate using the word basic for a 200 plus dollar figure, but it is. And Nick is 100%. That's exactly what I thought is like, this is blueba fat. All I could see was fat when I saw these glamour shots and, yeah. and I already have fucking two one six scale fat. So, uh, so here, here's what you do, Matt. You do yourself a favor. You save yourself a two fifty, and you learn how to figure paint on one of those one six scales. And then you can just make them at that yeah, Mando because all you need is some blue ass paint. F- so. Fuck that shit, man. <laughs> Art, arts and craft. That definitely isn't my thing. Like I was doing learning with my daughter today, doing cutting and gluing. And watching her cut and glue and, and just kind of draw stuff. I'm like, yeah, she's like me. She has zero, zero <laughs> artistic ability. ability. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, there's no such thing as a straight line. I'm 40. I still can't draw a straight line. So uh, I can't really get into the dio making and the, and the customizing outside of uh, just kind of using my sausage hands to weather a stormtrooper because it really just requires putting shoe polish on and, and not putting too much. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, everyone in the chat, they're they're, they're trying to uh, guilt me into buying it. They're all saying I'm going to back out. I'm going to puss out. I'm going to end up buying it in the end. But I don't know. I just I'm not feeling a pull to this at all. I haven't even pre-ordered the Clone Wars Mall and Coruscant Guard yet. Now, don't get crazy. I'm not saying I'm not going to order those. I just... I go in spurts sometimes, Nick, like it could get ugly. It could be one day I'll, I'll, I'll commit to spending $2,000 on toys. And then the next will be like, yeah, I don't feel like doing it yet. I'll wait. I have time. So, uh, death watch boy. I like it. We're, we're, we're forever naming him blue buffet from here on out. That was a good one there <laughs> yeah. by Nick. Uh, just, just not moving me, not moving me. So, uh, moving on. This is another one I've actually been able to not, 
just run out and buy right away. And this this was kind of a, a surprise reveal last week, Nick. And this is the uh, my show movie realization, Ronin Mandalorian. And if you're on the live stream, we got some images pulled up right now. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I love this line. I, I believe I have every figure that has released so far for this line that you can actually buy. I still have yet to see the Samurai Akbar and the Samurai IG-11. I don't know if those are ever coming out. It's weird that we, we saw those. like They actually had them at a toy show, yet this guy comes out of the blue and you can pre-order them already. Uh, but it's, it's Mando in his standard armor. He's not full Beskar. I mean, he's not even yep. Beskar Pauldron. Obviously done in the, the Ronin slash Samurai aesthetic that we've seen this line do. Uh, the line typically only touches on bounty hunters and bad guys. Uh, the only good guy to get it so far has been C-3PO, oddly enough. Yeah, I remember Chaos Cutie's got a top five with that. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know, Nick. I mean... I look at this Ronin Mando and there's just something about him. I think Greggy boy is the one that said, I mean, it looks like he ate too many fucking donuts or something. His his face is definitely like the first thing I noticed is that he like given his face sculpt, like the way that they made his helmet and the fact that they put like shit coming off the back of his head, his his head looks like a predator. It looks like a predator head, which is kind of weird. Um, but he does also look chunky. Like he literally has a fat pouch right in the front there. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I mean, like I said, I I've collected this line in totality. I even went back, you know, when I couldn't get stuff cause I missed it and was, was overpaying for him. But it's just, just like that death watch Mando we were talking about. I, I didn't feel that just initial gut pull to uh spend the hundred spend the hundred spend the hundred uh i'm not saying i'm completely out on this guy yet but i am i like i said next week i have to get better at just fucking chilling out Uh, when a new release comes out a new figure I, i gotta stop just instantly committing to get it uh i've actually started going back now and canceling some of my toys not not star wars nick don't don't get fucking crazy here (laughs) <laughs> but I ordered all the Back to the Future NECA stuff, which I mean, they're going to look great. But just yesterday, I'm I'm looking at my cart going, what? Why do you guys spend a hundred dollars on this shit? Yes, you like those movies, but do you really like it as much as Star Wars? Are you really going to feel the, the the pull to go do a toy shoot with Marty McFly in the dock? You can barely fucking do toy shoots with your two hundred fifty dollars Star Wars Barbies, bro. What are you doing? calm down start to fucking put the governor on a little bit so yeah i think that's a good move i think that's a good move to go back and you know we we've all had those moments where we're drunk and we're out with friends or we're drunk and we're at home we're watching a movie and we order something on amazon and then the next day we look at it and we're like what the fuck did we, what did i do cancel i don't need this i think that that you know that's healthy every now and then. Yeah, so just go I don't back know. and reevaluate. I mean, of course, these dickheads in the in the live stream chat are are doing their best to, you know, make me sound like an asshole. Like, oh, he's full of shit. He's gonna get it. Just get it. You know, just quit bullshitting us. I don't know. I, I'm also someone that if you tell me I can't do something, that's like you might as well just made a bet with me. So, <laughs> uh, have at it. I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, you can get it though. It's not like 
this is something that's unattainable to you. I, I, but I do agree with you. I don't think that this is a great looking figure. I think that the Stormtrooper one is a fantastic looking figure. You've taken a lot of pictures of that one. In, in the I mean, the, the best samurai figures are the Vaders, hands down, and probably the Maul. Like, the mall one is very uh, awesome. Outside of that, the stormtroopers are mix and match. I mean, they probably all look the same. I I, I will admit I love their their nipples on their armor. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe this line has just worn off with me or something because I have yet to even shoot the, the first order version of these. I mean, I got the Kylo, the Phasma, and a, and a trooper. And I think I've only... I think I've only shot the trooper. I've got like cats or kids yelling behind me. What are you guys doing about that? Probably pissing on something. So, I don't know, friends. Talk all the shit you want, but I, so far I've not added this uh, my show movie realization Ronan Mando to the cart. He is still available for pre-order at Premium Bandai if you're into that type of stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling tones right now saying they don't appeal to him. They used to to me, but this Mando one definitely does not. And you would figure that right now would be prime time for you to have some sort of samurai figure come your way because you were just yeah. so into Ghost. No, like, like so I mean, Tsushima honestly, Nick, that- I would rather see some glamour shots of the supposed six-inch Jin Sakai that is supposed to come out. Like, I, I, I want to buy that. This one, as much as I love my man uh, Double D, I don't know. It's like, you know, I think the, the $2,000 I have coming in Mandalorian Hot Toys will probably be enough for yeah, for season for season one tributes to this fucking character. I think you're right. I think <laughs> you, you need to save at least a little bit of money for season two variants once they come out. And I'm sure they're coming soon. So you won't have to wait too long. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I was a big fan of the of the My Show movie realization samurai line. And even that, like I looked at it and I was like, that just doesn't, All right. it doesn't so look good. There you go. There you go. Saving money one toy at a time. All right, Nick, I'm going to let you run with this one because you you kind of this one tickled your fancy. I'm I'm more of like, ooh, you know, a, a new toy and, and I go goo goo for it. Nick is more into the science and actual uh, lore of, of, of the Star Wars franchise. So, yeah, uh, these these guys he's going to be talking about, they've been making homemade death sticks for years now by death sticks. I'm not talking about the shit that, you know, uh, Obi-Wan was trying to, to snort in attack of the clones. I'm talking about real life death sticks that sort of pass for real life lightsabers. Yeah. So the team over at Hacksmith, which, uh, they're, they're basically fabricators. Like, you, you know, they, they make their, their YouTube channel is all about making props, making things on different movie, like from different movies, that are now real. Yeah, they, so they do than, cool shit, like yeah. like functional shit instead of just sit around and talk about fake shit. Exactly. So, for example, other than Star Wars, they've done a lot of stuff. They made a photo, like a photon repulsor, the, the basically the Iron Man glove where you could shoot a, a beam out of it. They made a Silver Surfer uh, surfboard. They made um, trident they made a trident for for uh neptune that actually shoots water out of it so like they they they're very intelligent people that can make 
all of these real movie things come to life. Hey, Nick, and they've been do, doing, do you know, yeah. like, did these guys at one point in time, I mean, are these guys like from MIT and shit like that? I mean, are these like... I don't know the background on any of them. Because um, I know there but, there is like a famous YouTuber that was a legit NASA rocket scientist that has essentially stopped doing that type of shit because he makes millions on YouTube just doing cool gadget he's a guy like anyone listening nick you may even remember this it might have been two christmases ago you know how people start stealing packages and whatnot from your door around holidays he made a thing like a a glitter bomb box that they would steal it when they opened it it would like shoot out fart smells and glitter and he had a camera in it he would actually record the thieves and all that type of shit but that that's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, do these guys, are they like real life genius scientists? Yes. So that just both, do this in their free time? Or do you think at this point that they, they no, be, this is their full time okay, job? They, they've gotten so popular that they just make crazy shit they on YouTube now. 10 million subscribers on YouTube. So, um, and, and this video that we're going to go over has 12 million views on it. Um, and what we're talking about here is the word. This is not, I'm not putting this as the title to be, you know, uh, you know, over exaggerated or anything like that, um, to be hyperbolic. This is literally the f- world's first ever retractable plasma lightsaber. And they built it in their own shop and they made a YouTube video on how they did it. So basically, well, Nick, guys, why didn't they just use fucking kyber crystals, man? I, I know. I mean, this did is they not watch the clone the wars on there <laughs> are just like, why, why are you so stupid? Why did you go, why oh did you just go to Ilum and get some kyber crystals go. and make it that you know, way? There's, there's a bunch of jerk offs <laughs> like me out there. Yeah. So, so what these guys have done and, and they, they've been building lightsabers for a long time, but generally what their lightsaber builds were, were, you know, they would fabricate a hilt that would feed in power from a backpack that would just essentially superheat a piece of metal, right? Whether it be it's, rod iron, it's like or rebar or, or whatever they, they were using. Exactly. This time for the first time ever, they have been able, they, they were able to concentrate plat like real plasma. So propane mixed with oxygen into a contiguous beam that ignites from a hilt and that burns at over 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So basically anything you put in front of that, it can cut through, it can melt, it can do anything. Um, so the video that's embedded in the article on starwarstime.net is from their YouTube channel and it's a, it's 18 minutes long, but if you're into fabrication, if you're into kind of the, the science behind, you know, if you've ever seen the show, um, how they made it or, you know, something like that, this is perfect for you because it shows you step-by-step how they did it and all of the pieces that they needed to do it and how they, you know, put it together from, from step zero to step 10 when when it's finished. And what you see is just an incredible use of machine fabrication of, um, you know, uh, of just chemical sciences and all of these different things that combine to make literally the closest thing that the world has right now to a real have, have these guys uh, killed anybody severely hurt anybody or burnt down their house yet i don't think that they've i think that somebody has gotten burned by these but not in a way where they've lost any sort of appendages <laughs> so i feel like the one this, guy here at least on the thumbnail i mean he, he looks like a jacked jesus christ doesn't he yeah he does he kind of like, i mean that, that's jesus christ guy. with biceps 
Yeah, like he's the main guy. So he, um, or at least it, he, for Catholics, because we have a white Jesus, right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. all everybody. I mean, like, really, <laughs> Jesus is probably Middle Eastern. Yeah, more than likely, considering real. he was born over there, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. But um, he's the main guy. He used to be a full, like a full time uh, product engineer. Um, and he decided to quit his job and do this, do Hacksmith, the YouTube There you channel. go, man. YouTube. It's a, it's a viable career opportunity these days. Yeah. So his name's James Hobson. And over, over the years, like I, I believe he started Hacksmith and, and he was doing it part-time, but then it got so popular and people started requesting like, Hey, can you make this? Can you make this? Can you make this? It kind of turned into his full-time job. Turn it into bicep Smith. Yeah. How did how this guy like, I mean, this thing gets up to 4,000 degrees. How did he not melt his fucking beard and hair? I think it's because, and again, like you can watch the video, but it's because they found, they basically found this, this piece. The one thing that they were missing before in all of their other builds is they couldn't find something that could concentrate. Yeah. A, a superheated beam. I would think, I would think just the, the heat radiate radiating out of that blade would almost be too much to hold it, but he's fucking holding it with a bare hand. No. Oh, yeah. And, 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 you know, they use it too. Like in one of the videos that they're going to release soon, they cut through a steel door with this thing. And, you know, you see at the end of this video, too, like they, they put pieces of metal up against it and it just melts. Huh. It just goes down. Well, you like know what nothing. I mean, though? Like like the, 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 it, yeah, the he's just standing there holding it by his face. Why isn't his face fucking melting right now? I don't like, know. Is the heat that concentrated to the, yeah. the cylinder there? Huh. Yeah, it is. And they put a lot of fabrication work into the hilt. So that's like that's like a functional hilt, too. Like you can. You click a button to turn it on, the beam comes out. You click a button to turn it off, and the beam goes down. So, like, that is a full. This is as close yeah, to a fully. That's legit as fuck. I mean, that that really is fucking fantastic. It just goes to show you how rad science is if you believe in it, which you should. And if you don't, go outside and ram your head into a wall. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So, the one thing that that they always kind of throw out there in these videos is that technically. They're making proto sabers, which if you are familiar with old Star Wars canon, a proto saber was the 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 step backwards from a lightsaber. So it required a power pack and all of their their builds require a power pack because there is no piece of, you know, technology that exists now that would allow you to power a a plasma saber directly from the hilt. So if you look in the in the the featured image on starwarstime.net you can see that he's wearing a backpack and that backpack connects right. directly to the hilt it, and, and it's like the ghostbusters there, essentially right yeah it's like a proton pack yeah kind of and and what's in there is all of the materials and all of the fuel needed to to power it so when he hits that button it turns on all of the actuators and turns all of the valves Fuck, that backpack to send through and it, it like they built a specialized uh, valve control unit that sends just the right amount of oxygen and just the right amount of of um, what is it called of of gas to the to the hilt to ignite that saber exactly that way. Uh, dude, I, I mean, uh, hopefully this never happens, but I, I feel like these guys are a video or two away from dying. It's like the it's, shit it's, they're making, like the, the the shit on his back. I would imagine, if not one hundred percent perfect would just fucking blow him to pieces. 
It could explode. Right, I mean, he's essentially it, walking around with gas on his back, right? Like fucking yeah, propane. No, it's, and- it's a, it is. It's a propane tank. That's what it is. It's, you know, he was talking about, he's like, oh, yeah, we have to find God. pressurized, you know, pressurized PCG gas. And he's like, but you can get that at any grocery store because all it is is a propane tank. Fucking A. All in the name of science and Star Wars. I love it. I mean, fucking A. Just that is amazing. Go give it a watch. They even found a way to change the color of the beam as well. So they made it red. They made it orange. They made it yellow. They made it green. Like they, they have figured out everything that they needed to to make the world's first actual proto saber slash lightsaber. So, I mean... They're a fantastic follow anyway. Like if you're just into the geek space and you like Marvel, Star Wars or any of this other stuff, like they do bone claw builds from fucking, you know, Wolverine movies. They do the Iron Man gauntlet. They do, you know, rock wrist, uh, wrist, uh, fire flame. So flame they're like, I, I'm, Nick, do you remember the man at arms YouTube channel? They, yeah. He, the all me, they, he, they would do the same thing, but with like actual, you know, like blades and, and forging blades. Where, and so stuff, these guys, yeah. they're, they're kind of doing that, but for sci-fi type of shit. So, I mean, really mm-hmm. even just the hilt here, it, it looks like a steampunk saber. That is exactly uh, what the, he said. That yeah. The guy, their fabricator, their hilt fabricator was like, I wanted to make a steampunk lightsaber hilt and that's what yeah I mean, that, even that hill is just badass looking so yeah c- good dudes uh, 18 minutes is a little too long for my my uh little pea brain bird brain whatever you want to call it uh but I, I scrubbed through and at least looked at the fun stuff before we move on i do want to bring up another uh, obviously uh, not scientific video but i think we passed it around our discord this past week uh, someone's out there doing, I guess you call it a meme video or whatever, but he's doing, you know, the MCU versus 2020 or Star Wars telling the year 2020. And, and that's the one I'm talking about here. But uh, look that up on YouTube. I think it dropped a week or two ago. It's in our discord if you're in there, but it's fucking hilarious. It just takes various star wars moments and scenes and some guy like just half ass dubs like text in to explain like oh this is this is when kobe died or oh this is the 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 rest of the world watching america essentially kill itself Uh, and that came at the end when anakin is burning and obi-wan he represents the rest of the world anakin obviously is the united states yeah. Uh, it's a fucking hilarious video. Hilarious. Like it's not just all political. So don't, don't think it's that. I mean, it's, it's the virus. It was Kobe's death. It's basically all the bullshit <laughs> that's happened in 2020 as told through star Wars. So, uh, there's your web gem tip of the week. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Both of those videos worth a watch. Um, and if you want to build your own lightsaber, go watch this and see if you can put together one <laughs> yeah, based on what they did. If you, I will say that they 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 said they needed to buy like a fifty thousand dollar machine at one point. Yeah, just to build let's, it. yeah, this isn't just for an upstart YouTuber. I mean, these guys are now being able to make this more advanced stuff. I'd imagine Nick because they are making millions. Oh, yeah. uh, from YouTube. I, I assume there are YouTube millionaires if that's their full time jobs these days. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. I still I don't know if the formula still computes, but in the past it was like for every million views, it's basically a thousand dollars in in revenue to the uh, YouTuber. Wow, man, that seems so little. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 a hundred thousand or a million, but I do think it is a million. Yeah. I mean, this video got 12 million views on it. So by that logic, they got $12,000 off of this video, which I mean, I don't know 
if that's the, if that's the fucking breakdown, then man, maybe it is. Well, hey, it. dude, in the end, I can tell you, YouTube is has the better end of the deals. So don't, don't quote yeah. me on it. It's either a hundred thousand equals a thousand, or a million equals a thousand. Uh, that that's the ratio. That's what it used to be. Uh, but just, I mean, if you talk to any legit YouTube creator, they're like, yeah, I mean, we're fucked. Yeah, YouTube still has us by the balls. Uh, for the most part, they, they, they still get a, a good chunk of that revenue. That's why you'll see a lot of popular YouTube channels cutting their own ads now. Yeah. Uh, like they, they had ads in theirs as well for, for like some of they had ads in for like some of the parts that they use. Like exactly. They manufacture yeah. some of the parts I mean, these guys are huge if they're cutting their own ads at this point. I mean, they have advertisers coming to them and saying, we'll pay you to do this for 30 seconds in your video. Yeah. So exactly. friends, that's where we need to get Star Wars time show too, right? We got to get this kid a meal and he's been eating fucking McDonald's and ramen noodles for the past four months. Uh, ramen noodles are good, man. They are. They actually are they really do. good. <laughs> oh, dude, you know what I've been fucking loving and I really hope it hasn't already been discontinued because it's probably gross to most people. Cheetos mac and cheese. They're, I've never they're, Dude, it, it just, I think they only <laughs> carried at Walmart, which says enough about the product right I mean, yeah yeah it, but there's a there's a jalapeno flavor there's their flaming hot flavor and then there's just their standard cheddar flavor some of the greatest cancer causing processed <laughs> food i've ever had okay okay it's so fucking good dude I, i've only been able to get them online through walmart i think walmart is the only retailer that carries cheetos mac and cheese but it wouldn't surprise it's me. worth trying <laughs> out if you really want to get fucking gross put some like flaming fries on it or other cheetos products <laughs> and this is stuff i'm doing just in the middle of the day this isn't like late at night after you know i've, I've had a puff or two so yeah. it's just good eating if you don't care about your body, obviously. Yeah, if you if you're ready to die, yeah, throw yeah, just the- just eat a lot of fiber because I really don't think anything in that Cheetos mac and cheese is real, like from this planet. I think everything yeah, is probably. everything is made in the lab, and it just you just eat it. Yeah, definitely. All right, Nick. So uh, kind of getting out of the 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 toy talk here. Hey there, one six shooter showed up. He is the uh, yeah, I think he's the plus oneer, isn't he? So welcome, he's welcome. The top oneer of the week. Y- yes, yes, Trevor, you missed the start of the show, but I'm not going to say you really missed much because I think we just rambled on, fumbled on, uh, Nick shit all over squadrons, and I still like it, <laughs> and we shit on some Star Wars toys that I'd imagine you would have shit on too. Uh, but let's get into the comics, right? We got uh, Star Wars number 7 2020 release last week, Nick. This week, we're getting a new Vader. So if you're into my comic breakdowns, be on the lookout. Our buddy Greg is supporting us on those. Bossa Jan has been getting on there, leaving comments on the comic videos. I think Tones is doing it. You know the drill. I'm not fucking around, people. It, it, watching our shit, liking our shit, commenting is everything. It's what helps YouTube to be like, oh... These aren't just two dickwads that sit in their basements and do a stupid show. People actually interact with this dumb shit. So we'll start sharing it and showing it to other people searching for Star Wars. Uh, but back to the comics. So last week was Star Wars number 7, 2020. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, Nick, this is a transition issue. Uh, we completed a narrative or, or a complete story in, in issue six as where, you know, Luke gets his yellow lightsaber, ends up back with the rebel fleet. 
Mm-hmm. Number seven, it's clearly kicking off an entire new thread. Uh, it, it's the, I think the main the main narrative is going to be Princess Leia versus this uh, Captain Zara character. Uh, so this issue, it, it kind of it, it served as an introduction to this captain. Uh, this is essentially. Uh, I mean, hell, I'll just get into it. I mean, Vader called this captain Tarkin's foundling. So wow. uh, Tarkin, okay. Tarkin found this, this orphan and, and kind of trained her in his philosophies. We got to see how she became kind of the apple of his eye when she goes and murders two other cadets <laughs> during a, a training exercise that he arranges for <laughs> them all. Uh, it, let's just say she's very Tarkin-esque. Uh, soulless, brutal. He loves her. Um, so this issue, in terms of like the canon and added to the franchise, it, it was minimal. But there was uh, an interesting tie-in to some new Star Wars material that's coming up. And it had a, a bunch of Easter eggs, like some pretty interesting Easter eggs here. Uh, lots of Rogue One Easter eggs because we did get some flashbacks with Tarkin. Um, we get mentions of Galo, Galen Erso and how he uh, betrayed the Empire. And yeah, let's just put it this way. Zara's got beef over the rebels killing Tarkin on the Death Star. Yeah, right? I mean, given how she was basically his apprentice, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, see so that. she's pissed. She blames it all on Leia because she knows Leia was involved at uh, the Battle of Scarif, getting the plans, this, that, and the other thing. So she's got a, a huge grudge for Princess Leia. Uh, so this issue, just it, it, it's setting all that up. It's showing us why. You know, Who is this character? Why does she hate Princess Leia so much? So I'm not going to lie. It, it was kind of a blah, blah type of issue. Uh, the, 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 another egg we get, we actually see Krennic and we get to see Tarkin again, just uh, belittling him, berating him in front of the other governors. So, I mean, that, <laughs> that relationship was always contentious. Yes. Um, we, we got I to think- see Tarkin's favorite way to torture rebels, right? Uh, his, his young Lieutenant at the time or, uh, captain at the time, Zara was in there with the little uh, torture droid and the actual table we see in Empire Strikes Back with all the needles on it. So that was another egg yep. we got. Uh, what, I'm just trying to scan through my readings here because I don't watch the videos. I think there's the the Nile is a big well, that, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Him. That was the biggest canon edition. So mm-hmm. as Nick said, if you're not familiar, the the Nile, the N I H I L. Uh, these are going to be the big bads in the High Republic novels. Correct. Uh, they were such a formidable gang that uh, they gave the Jedi and the galaxy at that time a lot of headaches. So in the in the current period here, at least during one of these flashbacks, we hear Tarkin sending Zara on a mission And he's sending her on a mission because this dude, I don't know if he's like some crime lord or whatever, but he's starting to spout off and pop off some nihilistic teachings, uh, sayings. Uh, It's almost like he's trying to revitalize their, their, their way of fucking with the galaxy. And if you know anything about the Empire, all they want in quotes, if you're watching on the stream, is is peace and tranquility. (laughs) Right, Nick? Yeah, uh, and that that's not going to happen if you have a, a gang of right, you know, bad guys. I now. mean, Tarkin, he you could tell he he, he 
I'm not going to say he feared the Nile, but he knew what they did during the High Republic era, and he wanted nothing of the sort for his empire. Um, so he, he kind of sends her off to go fuck them up. She fucks it all up, falls out of favor with them. And and this is where uh, the next cannon bit comes in. And it's the fact that during the battle of Yavin, the empire really did have a shuttle prepped, ready to go just in case those rascally rebels were able to exploit that little flaw that they now realize exists in the Death Star and there's even a scene in the movie right where where homeboy comes up he's like should we should we prep a ship in our moment of triumph exactly exactly Um, you overestimate their chances but here's the interesting thing about it so they actually had the ship ready to go in the hangar but let's say Tarkin did decide he's like you know what fuck it this isn't looking too good yeah, he wouldn't be able to get on the ship because Zara stole it <laughs> to try <laughs> to try and get back in Tarkin's good graces. Obviously, not knowing that within the next few minutes, Red Five, with the help of Han Solo, was going to blow the fucking Death Star to yeah. smithereens. And now he's just little vapor bits in the galaxy. Right. So I thought, I mean, while it wasn't like earth-shattering type of news for Star Wars canon, even those just little knickknacky additions to lore, Nick. Or what I appreciate about these comics, just knowing like, hey, there was a shuttle, but even if he did take it, his own fucking commander would have screwed him because she was trying to make him happy. It shows you the hubris, too, of the Empire and of the Imperial officers, because like at that point, they knew they knew that the the rebels knew about the exhaust port. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like originally before Rogue One where we thought they didn't know about it. Like they, it was a surprise, like, holy shit. They, like we thought in the initial moment, Tarkin was like, what the fuck are they going to do? There's nothing wrong with this Death Star. There is no fucking way that they blow it up. Like we knew that rebel spies had gotten the plans, but we didn't know that the empire knew that they had it. Well, they didn't know. I remember it, it, they do eventually figure out. They're like, yo, we've analyzed their attack. Yeah. And there is, and a, they, there is a slight They could definitely do something pretty bad. So, uh, but yeah. he was still like, no, there's no fucking way. And do you it's blame him? I mean, think about the battle of Yavin, Nick, zero capital ships. Yeah. Zero Carillion Corvettes. The, the, it was, a bunch of starfighters. That's it. It was X wings and some Y wings. That's it. Yeah. What five five X wings and four or five Y wings? So of course the the Empire's probably sitting there like, oh yeah, we've analyzed it. There's that exhaust port that Urso fucked up, but eh, no Not way. There's no deal. fucking way. You know that it wasn't you know destined for success when the emperor himself was not there if the emperor is like (laughs) you know what i'll sit this one out guys Uh, (laughs) you like you should probably take a hint and get the next shuttle off that motherfucker (laughs) so i mean in the end star wars number 7 2020 it just it wasn't the most exciting issue i've read in this run but i kind of expected that because it is it's setting up a whole new thread which is going to be leia versus zara and we we need to learn like why why does zara hate fucking leia so much and it's because of the death star getting blown up and her hearing or knowing that uh, princess leia had a hand in securing those plans to foil that big ass star of death uh so i'm expecting things to kind of heat up in the next issue this one ends at a great little cliffhanger where 
Leia has kind of out uh, maneuvered, at least uh, in a tactician type of mindset, Zara. Uh, so we'll see where things go. But like I said, this week, stay tuned to the Star Wars Time Show YouTube channel because the uh, new Vader issue is coming out, which I believe is also going to be starting a new thread. Uh, so the two of you that watch those videos, make sure <laughs> to check that one out because I will be doing it probably Thursday. Nice. All right. Blue Buffett. I love Blue. I'm seeing Blue Buffett. It's coming up in the live chat here. Uh, everyone. That's it because... Uh, Trevor was saying, I hope that you didn't make fun of the SHF Mando. And I was like, you know, you mean Blue Fett? <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing uh, he's probably talking about he did an excellent shot of the full Beskar SHF Mando and Child oh, okay. that a lot of people thought was one six scale. That's how good it was. I mean, he had a great close crop on it. Obviously, you know, he, he always lights things perfectly and, and stages things expertly to really make it, you know, look and feel like a, a real living, breathing character. That's why he's the pro here. Yeah, but no, I was not. No, talking. we're not. We're, talking. we're not. Blue Buffett is the Death Watch right. Mando one six. Exactly. Scale, so. That's Nick coined that term, and we're running with it <laughs> from now on. All Death Watch will be known as Blue Buffets. <laughs> all, right. all right. So and speaking of Mando, and there's my yeah. shitty transition, but I've done it all cast long this episode, so who really cares? And and obviously. This topic, not much to really spend time on, but it's it's going to get us into our Mando talk. Plus, Nick has a little tangent he wants to send us on before we get into our TV spot breakdown. Uh, but we did get some new uh, TV posters, and I wouldn't say they reveal much of anything. I mean, obviously, it makes Din look like a badass, but we knew that. Yeah. Uh, the child, you know, he looks adorable, but he also looks like he could fucking rip out your throat if he wanted to, right? <laughs> Yeah. Look at him. Look at that little head tilt. You know, he's sitting there like that. That's like a tilt. Like I could fuck you up. You know that, right? Yeah. That's like that. Like the, the, the head tilt that like you want to go. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. You. Like you want to fucking do this type right, of shit. The- <laughs> <laughs> so I love that guy. I can't wait to see, see him again. I, I think I'm more interested to see what this fucker's getting into versus Mando himself. Uh, we got, you know, Kara looks like they're going to do her hair differently. I guess they changed something on her, but she's uh, still whipping the same armor as we've discussed. And it doesn't look like she's hating on any groups or cultures in this poster shot. So that's good. And then we got uh, Grief Karga, also known as a Star Wars Time Show fan handle, Grief Cardboard. Yes, uh, grief card. I'm never gonna forget that fucking handle. I was like, <laughs> even when I was uploading this shot, I'm like, ah, grief cardboard. He's my favorite <laughs> bounty hunter lord. Uh, but yeah, so posters look nice, but they're just posters. I mean, really, what can you do unless unless they dropped like, oh, hey, look, there's Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, <laughs> Timothy yeah. Oliphant as Cobb Van. It's like neat. We're gonna put them out there. It's something to talk about, but that, that's about it. But this is the launch board for my friend here who is is still following this Rahul Cooley thing where he is continuing to troll Star Wars fans about uh, live action Ezra Bridger. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they should just put out a live action Ezra poster. They should have just revealed the, the you know, Ezra to be in the show along with these four posters, because if, if you're following Rahul Cooley on Twitter, uh, which I, you know, you should be because I am now. And if I follow them, you have to follow them. That's just how it works in Star Wars time community. Um, he he put out another. <laughs> I'm on his feed right now, Nick, and he has a post. And he says, I'm here to talk to you about herpes. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's just a funny guy. He, he is a, he is a funny follow. He did also have a a new Netflix series just dropped the uh, the haunting. Yeah, of Yeah, I mean, Manor. so yeah, I think this is why he's doing all this. But hey, it just oh, goes yeah. to show you he knows how to fucking work the social media game. He 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 does. So his one of his recent tweets came out. Uh, it was actually two days ago. Um, and this is how it reads. And I, I think Matt may have it up on yeah, the screen. I, I just found it right here. So he says, I'm currently alone filming a new show and couldn't celebrate the release of <laughs> Bly Manor with my friends, family, or the Bly cast. So I've treated myself to one can of Coke. Thank you all so much for watching. <laughs> uh, your tweets have made me smile. Cheers. And in the picture uh, below, you see him, yes, holding a can of Coke. But he's also wearing a Lucasfilm shirt, long sleeve shirt, and in the background, perfectly nestled behind his hand, is an open picture of Ezra Bridger from Star Wars Rebels, <laughs> just sitting there nicely in the background. And I mean, we've we, we've talked about it. We've <laughs> holy shit, week, Nick! I've pulled it up on Twitter. Your your reply is featured. Like you're the first guy. Oh, I am. It might be because you follow me. Well, I, I, I drilled into his his tweet here, you know, I clicked on the yeah. image and it brings up his tweet and then re- replies to it. And you're, you're right there. Nick, Nick came and eat Look at him. Yeah. Here's Nick. I'm going to be upset if all these cheeky Ezra hints don't turn out to be true. Angry, <laughs> angry, angry face. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like this guy has, I mean, in my opinion, there's no reason to put out this, but like, this many, this many things teasing at this Ezra if it's not real. Like, I understand it for, like, the one day you put out, like, three in a row and you're, like, hitting at, like, oh, I'm going to play Ezra. Ha, ha, ha. Just kidding. Here's my apology video. Publicist, please take over. Wink, wink. Like, you don't put out stuff like this this often if it's not real. So I'm almost, like, given this tweet and the previous ones and everything else, Saying that he's, you know, like I am almost ready to commit to like take it to the bank. Ezra is is going to be either in season two or season three of Mando, because I don't know if this new show that he's filming, I don't know if they're if they're starting to film season three of Mando or what is going on there. But if that's the case, then you know it's very possible that he may not be in this one, but the next one. Um, but Ezra, I, I feel like this guy is fucking Ezra. Dude, like I, I'm like, listen, I'm doing some sleuthing here, but I'm just looking if you, if you can buy a Lucasfilm sweatshirt and I'm not oh, like with the actual, Lucas yeah, I, I, like he's wearing, right. And I'm, I've so far have not found any that just have the Lucasfilm limited on it. Uh, yeah. there's none that even say Lucasfilm. The only ones that do are, are like from Etsy and eBay. So, yeah, you know, that means people are fucking making their own so i mean again how do you get that i i i still think this guy is just masterfully marketing his other show that's out and from what i've heard it's not as good as the other haunting that came out a year ago uh i'm not really into that i i I like scary movies and shit for some reason i just don't just don't watch the, the the series and whatnot but I just did a half-assed lazy lazy man search for a Lucasfilm sweatshirt. Nothing on the first page of Google, so that pretty much means it. it doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, so that that's somewhat telling. Uh, and I mean, there's he's he's not been associated with any other Star Wars work in the past, so it's not like he he played a voice in Clone Wars or like a background voice in Clone Wars, and they they gave him one. He's never been associated with with Star Wars in the past. So there's no way for him to get that. 
like the, the there's not even anything tangentially close to Star Wars or Lucasfilm that he's been involved in that that he could have gotten one of those things unless it was at like a con or he knows somebody. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going, man. I'm looking. I'm on Amazon. Nothing. I mean, you, you put in Lucasfilm, obviously, just brings up all the other licensed shit you can buy, yeah. like Star Wars shirts. So I think that to me is one of the bigger tells. I mean, obviously he he does the the very clear trolling with with Ezra in the background, but I mean, you could look at it as like, all right, he's an actor, he's watching this character, he's trying to get his nuances, the the cadence down, this, that, and the other thing. But you notice he also says he's filming a new show, which as yeah. we talked in the past, we really didn't we weren't too keen on uh, if we are going to do a live action Ezra, just jamming him into the Mando. Uh, we need to know, okay, well, wh- how the fuck did this guy get back from wherever the hell he was at in the unknown? Uh, yeah. So a uh, new show, maybe it is the, uh, you know, the fucking Thrawn and Ezra show. It'll be like a buddy cop show. Either way, the guy is either hustling his ass off to promote Bly Manor like a pimp, <laughs> or he is going to do, he's doing a long troll on us and, and I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not getting angry about it because it, it gives us fucking shit to speculate and make up. Yeah. And look, we, we all know that, that Ezra would work perfectly in, in live action. We just need to know how he's going to get there. Is it going to be through Mando? Is it going to be in his own show? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm convinced that this guy is Ezra. <laughs> I'm convinced that he oh, yeah. is. I think he's done his job in convincing me that he is. I just don't know what he's in as Ezra. The, I don't the know only, if it is Mando I, season two. I'm with you, man. Something else. I, I mean, the, the very compelling trolling he's done. Uh, the only thing I'd say is that knowing how Lucasfilm and Disney are with this property and how all the other actors have pretty much not done this, that that's another big big glaring thing of like okay this could be an yeah. elaborate troll because let's let's be real none of the other live action actors have even tried to troll this way no, I, we right. could say esposito has given us the most but he still does it in a way that he he doesn't really confirm or tell us anything but he tells us a lot uh, yeah. and i'd say jean carlo has probably been the most uh, leaky in terms of revealing but not revealing stuff about the show so that, that's the other thing where he's doing everything so well to convince us but knowing the business knowing what he could suffer by doing this type of stuff you got to take that in account too just based on how the other actors yeah. have handled the lucasfilm dreaded nda no yeah you're, you're right i mean i it could just be like this elaborate troll but man I just like what, at what lengths do you go to just for a troll? Like, when do you just be like, I, okay, hate- <laughs> I, th- I think I've done enough. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, let's be real. I'm a narcissist. I'd, I'd love to throw up a tweet and actually get people to engage with it. I mean, this could be this guy's look at two AM. I mean, this could be just something for him to fucking do at night. You know, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't need the followers. He's got over 200,000 followers and like before any of this even started. So it's not like he was out there trying to he's a struggling actor trying to wrangle in attention to himself. Uh, it, it seems like this. I mean, he's like you said last time, he's a Star Wars fan. He he 
clearly is trying to either if he's not Ezra, then he's trying to push himself into that like contention for the role, maybe even make, you know, Favreau look at it and say like, hey, you know, maybe this guy could play Ezra or something yeah, like I mean, that. Sure. Maybe he's lobbying. But uh, at this point, if he's not Ezra, hey, Kathy, John, Dave, whoever's doing the hiring over there, sign him up. Yeah, give give him a look. Give him a look cuz I think that there's some substance. He he's dedicated if anything else. Like if he's going to this lengths just to fuck with people on social media, he is dedicated to the cause. So, uh yeah. thanks for bringing that up, Nick. That was, that was a good one there. I like I said, I'm all for it, but I I do think he can't just surprise show up in Mando unless they dedicate an entire episode giving us uh, a flashback to yeah, to explain how the fuck he got back here. So, all right. I agree. So other Mando stuff, and this is actually legit here. Uh, we got the season two writers. And, and the only reason I asked Nick to put this up is just, I thought it was fucking funny. I, I was honestly, when I saw the title, Nick, I was expecting to see a, a, a quite a mix of writers. <laughs> but <laughs> if you if you pull it up here, it's uh, essentially Jean Favreau does them all but two. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> everything except episode five and episode seven are Favreau. Episode five is Filoni. Episode seven is Rick Famuyiwa, who is the guy who did the prison episode, yep. like the, yep. the prison ship episode. So he's writing episode seven. Everything else is Johnny Boy. So to me, this says that that John has a complete stranglehold on. I mean, stranglehold and, is and oftentimes used negatively. And Nick, I think... I mean, I believe he wrote most of the first seasons, too. I, I guess we just never really looked at the credits. I mean, I, I think Tyka got a credit. Filoni got a credit. And again, I think Rick and maybe Deborah added, contributed a little bit. But I, I do think in the end, this is John's creation. Uh, Filoni, I believe, has made it much more authentic. But yeah. John's the one that pitched this concept. It was, so, it was not Dave. Like John brought this idea to Lucasfilm, sold it, and then they gave him the team to to flesh it out. Yeah. So I'm not really surprised so season, it's all Favreau. Season one was the same situation. Okay. It was all John except two episodes. 105 was Dave. So episode five of season one was Dave. And that was the one and with the episode, Boba Fett tease or possibly the Fett tease at the end. Yes. And then six was... Christopher Yost and Rick Famuyiwa. So Famuyiwa also wrote one in in that one as well. So, all right. So Uh, a lot of people here in the chat and I saw this last week, but tones right away is like episode five. That's the Ahsoka episode. Cause that that, that Filoni wrote it. Yeah. I mean, on paper, sure. It would make sense. That's his creation. That's probably the, I mean, outside of the clone wars franchise, that's his that's his Lou Khan and Leia like I mean that's his most major contribution to Star Wars lore he created a now iconic character one that people fucking I gotta remind most of you fucking hated uh, (laughs) when she first came on the scene but now you know she's a she's a loved character but yeah I mean I would think the Filoni episode, just like his his episode in the in the first one even the one he directed it's going to be the most fan oriented tongue-in-cheek easter eggy type of shit yeah 
Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Because I think he tries to do that. Like he he wants to put in as much fan service as possible without disrupting the storytelling. And I remember when you did the Easter egg breakdown for for the episodes that Filoni directed, you were like, well, I there's so many Easter eggs that I couldn't call them all out. But like, here are the big ones. Like, here are the ones that are of significant consequence. Right. So I... I think they're right. I think if there's going to be a mention uh, or like if if Ahsoka's coming in or if there's a mention of Ezra or if Ezra comes in, then it's got to be in in episode five. Right. Because I don't think that I think that John would give that to Dave. Of course. John would say like, yeah. hey, if these characters are coming in, you need to do of this. Co- this yeah. isn't something hundred percent. I mean, while while Favreau's a pimp and he came up with all this shit, I mean, he's the one that, that cooked up the baby and this, that and the other thing. Uh, he knows who Dave is. I mean, just just go watch that Mandalorian S1 behind the scenes documentary. The first episode is essentially uh, an homage to Dave Filoni and how he is the second coming of George Lucas. So yep. Nick's 100 percent right. I mean, while Favreau sets the overall vision and tone and probably even said, hey, Dave, this, the, the, these are the confines you have to work in. But he's going, all right, if we're going to start bringing some of your creations into the real world you need to handle it. So yeah, have at it. Exactly. So, um, again, not really too much of a reveal here. Like the writers were revealed, but the writers are basically all the same ones from season one. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really do think that John is now the store, the lore master for season two. And then, uh, Dave is more treated as like the, as the story, like Dave is the story group of. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, you're 100 percent right. I, I think Favreau probably comes up with the grand ideas in, 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 in the broad strokes and then runs it by Dave. Like, is is this legal? Yeah. Can we do is this? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Is this Star Wars? Yeah. Legal? Is this, can we is do this, this Star Wars? Correct, my friend. And Dave's like, yeah. yep, I give it my blessing. George yeah. would do it that way. But no, this is what they would say. That's more of how George. It, so, yeah, I mean, uh, and I think that's why George, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure George has come out and said that his favorite piece of content from from new canon is the Mandalorian. And it's because Filoni is there as the guy, you know, the essentially the Jedi master. Yeah, you have you have to think that George, while to me, he has always seemed like an emotionless husk of a human. Uh, He has less emotions than I do. And I'm pretty bad. Like I'm I'm a fucking rock for the most part. Like, you know, even now, as I've grown and tried to let them out more as a man, I still get the tear chokes, you know, where you're like, you're essentially making yourself feel way more uncomfortable than if you just let the shit flow. Yeah. Um, but I think Dave to George is like his son, his star Wars son. Yeah. He's got adopted sons, jet, this, that, and the other thing. But but Dave is the other person in the world that 100% got what George was saying. Uh, if, if you listen to Dave talk about their first meeting, their interview was essentially George just talking Star Wars to him and seeing yeah. if Dave could handle it. Uh, <laughs> and just the way George treated their relationship. I mean, he, George now I'd imagine is, is a proud dad watching his son grow up from being an animator only into a full-fledged storyteller in the live action space that George loved himself so much. So, Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, the, the, the bond that these two have 
you know, you know that that Dave talks to George probably weekly, if not just I, I would know, think daily. They, yeah, I would think they exchanges. they check in a couple times a month at minimum for sure. Yeah, and I, I imagine that Dave tries to not skew the conversation towards like, hey, this is what we're doing now in Star Wars, and you know because. That I, I really do feel like there's still pain there for George. Yeah. And we saw it like the most, I, I agree with you that, that George is generally an emotionless kind of person, but the most emotion I feel like we've ever seen from George, even though it was a small amount was, was celebration 2017 or 2016, where they did the reveal of the TLJ trailer, right? Was that 2016 or 17? Uh, I can't remember. I, don't know. I just realized that my audacity froze. So my, uh, nice. My audio has not been recording this whole time. <laughs> Great. So we're going to have the, the audio only people. You're going to have a little bit of a weird. Uh, it, it, it's going to suck. No, I'll just, I, I mean, at this point I'm going to have to extract it from the YouTube. Video. Yeah. It just don't even bother sending me yours. Cause it's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, well, some live troubleshooting, but what I was going to say, what, like, there was that that panel where George came in, he sat down, he kind of gave his, you know, his not really his life story, but his Star Wars life story. And he was talking about the reception of the prequels and how that really affected him. And we never heard George talk about that before. We always heard George say, like, well, that's a story and that's what it is. People can think whatever they want to think. And this is a story for kids and blah, blah, blah. And kind of giving you all of the lines that he always gave you. But in that interview, he did finally admit that like that hurt and that caused him to pull back and that caused him to kind of rethink his approach to everything in terms of Star Wars. And and that that's not necessarily what would led him to make Clone Wars or anything like that, because Clone Wars was already planned. But that led him to not pursue further films immediately, because in in. In re- like in reality, he was ready to go with seven, eight, nine, like there. Like he he was if if one, two, and three went really well and critically acclaimed, then all the people <clears> loved <throat> it. He could have probably cracked out seven, eight, and nine in short order. But because of the way that everybody backlashed against him, he he pulled back. And that was the first time you ever really heard any sort of emotion come out of George Lucas in terms of his Star Wars life. Yeah. And and I know that it's still hard for him, especially this. I think that this is the hardest thing for him is, is seeing Mando because I feel like the fact that he likes it means the f- that he wants to be involved. Like he wants to be in there and he wants to, to well, play around. There's the that too. But I think honestly, Nick, I bet they talk about the, the technology. I, I think yeah. that's probably what gets George off the most these days is because this is all stuff we talk about in past episodes where what they're doing now and the volume that that was his idea. The tech just wasn't there to do it. Uh, And we've heard it. uh, Dave's even said, he's like, Oh, you know, he's always asked me, Hey Dave, how many, how many setups did you shoot today? Did did you get enough setups? Did you, how many setups did you shoot? Did, did you do this? (laughs) You got to do this this way. You should have got more setups in. So uh, I don't know if they're talking story that much uh, because I think like Nick said, that might be a little too close to home for George. Uh, but I could definitely see them talking about the art form. Yeah. You know what I would like to see, man? I, I, I really want to see George do it again. Not Star Wars. I mean, I would like to see him come back. But George George's a billionaire. And I know that he's old and, you know, he's 
I don't know how old he is exactly. Let me look it up real quick. And I know that, you know, he, he's got more uh, years behind them than in front of him. But I want to see George create again because he's 76. He was born in 1944. Net worth. You want to know what his net worth is? Guess, Matt. Well, it depends if he spent those four bills yet. Uh, I'd say four and a half. Nah. Four, five billion. Five point six billion, according to Forbes in 2020. Jesus. <laughs> so the motherfucker is rich. I, I want to see him create again. And what I mean by that is I want to see him do what he did with Star Wars. If there's anything left in his brain in terms of creative juices or another story he wants to tell, he has the money. That's not even a question. He could take $500 million and just say, I'm dedicating this $500 million to making, to realizing my new vision. And I want to see him take an idea from his head out onto the screen again. Okay, so you're saying non-Star Wars, because I mean, me personally, I would I would love to see him write and direct an episode of The Mandalorian. I mean, I I would love to see that too, but I think that he can't. I don't think I don't think he like I don't think that he can do that as a person. Like I right. think it would be too too much for him to do, not in terms of work, but just in terms of emotional stress on him. I don't think he would be willing to do that. But I think that there is a story in his mind that that he could make into another incredible sci-fi franchise or another franchise of whatever genre because he is a storyteller he is a creator and i think that given yeah i mean his last time, film away, his last film would have been red tails right i think so yeah lucas is let me see i believe so that would have been the last from him yeah cuz he didn't do um the indie stuff. Well, he was involved. I in, mean, this is all he was they involved have so in. So much indie bullshit four, right? in, on his IMDb page that it's like you can't even look at it. Like, right? Like, look at this under writer. You know, it's all his based on stuff. Like they they have every every episode of the Mandalorian under writer because it's based off of characters. Yeah. You know, thanks. Thanks. IMDB. You useless yeah, I mean, piece like of shit. Really? You really fucked. I, I'm pretty up positive. It's, it's red it. tails was his last D- director. Yeah. Um, actually he didn't direct red tails. His last, his last yeah, thing that Revenge he directed was revenge of the Sith. There you yeah. go. A classic. <laughs> ouch right <laughs> oh yeah but anyways it'd be fun i mean i would uh, it would be nice to see and i think a lot of fans would shed a tear if you saw that that lucas name pop up again in blue uh, set against that starry background so yeah i mean i obviously i want to see him do other <laughs> star wars related content again right i just don't know if he has it yeah I, 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 I know what you mean i i know what you mean it's um it's it's probably too painful. I mean, it'd be no different than than selling a kid, I'd imagine. So, yeah, red tails. So Nico's asking. I, I know exactly what Nico's spice. getting at because a, a red tail is a form of a marijuana cigarette. So <laughs> it's a uh, it's a World War Two fighter pilot movie. Right, right. It, it was the, the uh, all it was the all black squadron airmen. Yep. From what I remember, right. the movie wasn't that good. I'm not I, like the the the. The topic, I love World War II stuff. Uh, the See, the idea of the red tails. Him, like, it was done under Lucasfilm, 
but it wasn't him. It, Anthony Hemingway was the director. All right. And it was written by John Ridley. Huh. I don't know All right. who well, either of those people are. So I haven't seen um, it since it came out. I just remember I was like, eh, I was expecting it to be better. You know, it, yeah. it didn't quite feel like your typical World War II movie. Yeah. 2012. And it is sad, man. Like when you look at his... His actual credits, not all the shit that's associated with him now because of based on stuff that his last movie was Revenge of the Sith, you know? And well, Nick, when you have five point one billion in the bank, I guess you're like, whatever. And he was he had 50 episodes of his TV show ready (laughs) written. That's true. He just, you know, he just was like, you know what? Fuck all this shit. Yeah. But. I, I want to see something original from George Lucas. I think that there's still an idea in his THX head. THX 1139, the sequel. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The, the, the follow-up. American <laughs> Graffiti 2. <laughs> yeah, you get Ron back and Harrison. Yeah, just all, get them all They're all, them all going. like in wheelchairs and shit. Uh, all right, man, um, well, good, good stuff on that. So Yeah, ju- I mean, that's all for the Mando Season 2 writers and, and our tangent-filled uh exploits we went on there so so the next thing we have to talk about is the tv spot that just dropped and matt you did a, a very quick uh breakdown of this, this yeah, yeah i'm not gonna lie I, I wasn't planning on doing something like this today but i woke up uh, i think scion dropped it in the chat there uh and then you know honestly when i really looked at it and knowing some things about this egg canister that leaked a few weeks ago on the funko pop i was like you know what there there, there is something here there is something here with this. So I, I, I decided to do a little breakdown of this TV spot. And it, it, we can't even call it a TV spot. I mean, it was one of those social media spots. So it's, its aspect ratio is fucked. Like it's literally <laughs> just a big fucking one by one square. So it can fit on Instagram and shit like that. Um, but in the end, it didn't really add much to the trailer we've seen. I think I grabbed maybe eight new screen picks which is essentially those were the the new where was the new imagery that we got um and nick really the interesting aspect of this tv spot if we cross-section it with a leak from funko that happened a few weeks back so uh i guess spoilers i don't know people get mad over speculation spoilers these days but there you go uh so there we go spoiler time (laughs) All right, so uh, a few week a few weeks back, this Funko Pop leaked. I didn't feel like putting it up. I, I was just being lazy, to be honest with you. Uh, but if you're on the live stream, I would assume you can see it right now. I don't know. I'm, I'm clearly having tech issues with Audacity shit in the bed, but you can see this Funko Pop package. It's yep. called the Child with Egg Canister. All right, so you got the little guy looking at this uh, egg canister that has backpack straps and there's eggs in it, and he's looking at it like, oh, he's fawning over it. So as <laughs> as Nick Nick said, and I even kind of postulated here in my my breakdown, maybe it truly is just food. Who knows, dude? I like I'm almost gonna take it to the bank because if we if we get down to your screenshots, the one that we actually see it. This is what's happening. I'm going to tell you what's happening right now. We're on whatever planet we're right. on. Right. So, we're so on Mon it's either Moncala, Karn, or something. It's a watery yeah. planet, but uh, we're, we're on Moncala. The people that are walking in front of Mando is a mama and a kid. Because you can see that the mom's like holding the kid's hand, and that shit that's on that kid's back, the one with the little pink head, is her lunch kit. 
and she's taking her to the boat like okay it's time to go to school mary <laughs> don't forget your lunch here's your pencil that you need okay. for class and then the fucking baby sees the eggs floating in there and he's like oh, oh, oh. so mando gets himself either takes it from the from the little girl or he gets himself an egg backpack and that's baby Yoda's okay food. well there, that's fair enough that that is one angle and that's one i brought up maybe it truly is just a food source but it pops up again as the Mando is exploring an ice cave with the baby in tow under his arm and Mando's got on his back as he's shooting at something. So, Nick, if it truly is a food source, mm-hmm. couldn't you just leave the fucker in the ship while you went to explore whatever you're looking for in the cave? I think it's just the baby is so hungry now. Oh, get it. Like he's growing. <laughs> he's growing. He's like a growing being. Okay. You know? All right. I don't. I do not. I, I think it being a food source is, is too big of a layup. And really, the, the fact that Mando is, is, has brought it with him into clear danger. Like, I, I mean, I think we can all agree that they didn't go to this ice planet expecting some sort of friendly reception. I mean, yep. even the scenes in the last trailer where we see them walking through. I mean, he ha- I believe his gun's drawn. He's on edge. Like, he's ready for some bad shit to go down. So again, if it is just truly uh, a food source, can't the baby just wait the fucking 10 minutes? You know what I mean? Matt, you've had a baby before, right? You've had a baby. It w- have you never tried to walk out of the door with something and they just throw a hissy fit? Yeah, but like, I, I want my baby doll. Uh, you're right. I want it. You're right. I'm not going anywhere without it. You're right, but my baby wasn't 50 and couldn't use the force and kill people either, so... <laughs> But he still has the baby mentality. He still wants his his right. num nums. <laughs> I don't know. I, and again, I'm not I'm not just completely discounting it. It, it could 100 <laughs> percent just be, hey, this is just some fucking snacks for homeboy. Because if you look at the pop shot again, I mean, he's going up to them like, ooh, I can eat this shit. Yeah. Uh, just some far out speculation. These could be eggs of Yoda's race, right? Who the fuck knows? That was the other thing I was going to say. It could be like other baby Yoda We don't know if they have penises and vaginas. You know, Yaddle and Yoda straight getting, you know, willy with, getting uh, jiggy with each other. We don't know that. So it could be that. I mean, hell, I mean, maybe these eggs are other force-sensitive creatures. Uh, I think I also speculated that, and I kind of shit on it because it'd be too similar to S1E2, but... You know, maybe Mando goes to this planet and these are of importance to this race of people and he needs to go get some for them in exchange for something. So that's why he's in the ice cave wearing this special pack to get the eggs from whatever sea or cave monster they want. But to me, it'd be like you're you're just doing suka, suka all over again. So I, I don't think they're that lazy or dumb to do that. Uh, it's just odd that this thing is showing up in toys, meaning it means something, right? I can tell you that, yeah. Nick. In toys, you don't usually get either those Funko sets or accessories if they're not meaningful to the property. Yeah. So yeah. we got that. We got the fact that we've seen it in the trailer on these water people, and now we've seen it again in the TV spot in Mando's think, possession. So I think he just buys it off this kid. <laughs> he's he's like he's like my kid wants he likes eggs can i just buy this off of you 
look here i'll give you here's uh, you know what credits i think twinkle tits our boy greg has a good idea too. clone greg eggs hasn't been right about anything he's ever no, said I, i'm ge- so. i'm gonna i'm giving him this shout out I, clone eggs <laughs> I, I, that that has that has potential too why not we, we still haven't learned anything more about what the that that camino scientists wanted with this shit you you'd mm-hmm. imagine they'll be coming back in the play i don't think uh, moff gideon has just scrapped all his plans just because he didn't get him at the end of uh, s-28 so i don't know I, I mean that's really the only reason i wanted to look at this tv spot because of that egg canister it has now popped up in a supposed toy leak it was in the first trailer now it's in mando's possession and clearly it means something to the child is it just yeah. a food source like Nick said? Who knows? Uh, they might be going overboard trying to sell that gag at this point if it's in all these trailers and Mando's <laughs> possessions and toy marketing, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, we were, really didn't get anything else. I mean, we got a great shot of the child, like I said, doing his best Grandmaster Yoda impression. I mean, he's got the perfect Jedi Council chamber s- seat down, right? I mean, he's sitting. Yeah, cross-legged. You know, I mean, he's, you might as well just make him Grandmaster right now. Uh, a a, a further pulled out shot of what we believe is is Tatooine uh, even more so now with that shot and then just an expanded look at that fight scene at the end Uh, it's not going to just fade to black he he actually does physically kick the egg out of the way the child's egg not the egg canister and beats and proceeds to beat the shit out of whoever those henchmen were so yeah yeah so uh, I mean, get ready to see these every now and then, given that we're only 17 days out from release. You're probably going to start to see more social media spots, maybe TV spots. I mean, who, who the fuck knows now? Like, I don't know if people do TV spots anymore because people don't watch traditional TV that much anymore. It really is. Uh, I mean, uh, I bet, you know, not that we really have many people that watch live, but I, I would anticipate that if we did a poll, more people would say that they don't have a cable package versus those that do dude just just look at the numbers in terms of the number of people watching major sporting events like the nba finals had the lowest viewer you know numbers it's had in the last 20 years or something like that like even the super bowl at this point is now down to where you're only getting 100 million eyes on it uh, well, Nick, per, per you know, season. I mean, according to some people, they're not watching the NBA because it's a, they had hashtags and shirts and shit like that. Yeah, which is ridiculous. But anyway, I mean, like, if you just look at the potential audience share at this point now, you have on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all these other things, you have literally billions of people. Right. Billions. I- I'll tell you what, though, and- it's it's not even that much cheaper to be a cable cutter these days, though. It's not. It, it, it really, really isn't. isn't. I mean, I, I'm probably paying more because <laughs> I have I have every fucking streamer under the sun. And YouTube TV, uh, they seem to their business model is let's keep taking away but keep raising the price. Yeah, sixty dollars a month now so, is yeah, insane for you. Right. TV. I, I'm getting to the point of 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 scrapping that shit soon here. Yeah. So I have I have the Hulu Disney Plus bundle, which is eight ninety nine a month. I have four K Netflix, which is fifteen. And then we have HBO Max free through our uh, internet service and Prime. That's all we got. Yeah, I, I've got them all. That, that I think I use. I think I use one. I, I basically use Netflix. That's it. And I get yeah. that the Apple we, we Plus. We bounce between. We bounce between Netflix and Hulu. Right. That's the two that we use most often. 
All right, so there you go. Keep your eyes on that egg canister. I, I think it's going to mean something, or it's not. Like Nick said, it, 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 <laughs> or it's not. like Nick said, it's just a fucking uh, elaborate looking oh, snack jar. It's a, it's a lunch kit. But you know what? <laughs> Greg reminded me. Greg's on a fucking roll right now. I mean, he must have got up and drank his coffee in that land down under. But I'm the one that that said that I believe the Razor Crest has crashed. So I guess that's yeah. why he he has the little egg tank with him. Yeah, he's like, God damn! It's like, well, all right, well, we gotta take it with us. Yeah, now. he. he, he you gotta think Mando's got PTSD, like Jawa PTSD. I know they're not on the ice planet, but he's probably like, I can't leave my ship ever again. Or yeah. these little fucking scavenging shitheads are gonna strip it. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man, that's his lunch bag. <laughs> that's his lunch All right. It's gonna be just like go. the, the ball, like the little the little All right. uh top of the thing because that was included nick is tagging it to the bank the egg canister is nothing but a feeding tank i'm going with it has a little more uh, impact than that so we'll see we'll see the challenge (laughs) has been thrown down we're about ready to run through the star wars time show mandalorian speculation gauntlet (laughs) okay nick uh we got one more little topic here within the streaming space and this is for kenobi i I think we got some uh, somewhat concrete news. I mean, this one kind of like the Cassian Andor series. It feels like every couple months it's filming at a different date and time, a different year. Uh, but thanks to uh, our good friend Hugh McGregor going around doing some promo for whatever, he was on the Graham Norton show, and obviously they're going to ask him about it. But he he sounded pretty committed that they are going to start filming. The Kenobi series, March 2021. I believe he mentioned this in a previous interview as well, that like they're they're starting in. I don't know if he said March. I know that he mentioned a day or like a he mentioned a time that wasn't January. Yeah, well, yeah, it was it was January and or was in January. Who knows? But it, it sounds at least according to McGregor, unless his publicist or assistant gave him a shitty schedule. Uh, he's looking to start uh, donning the robes again in March. So technically, as I kind of postulate here in the article, they could still get season one of Kenobi out by the end of 2021. Uh, just hear me out here. It's going to be less episodes than a Mando season. And we already yep. know they can they can do a Mando season in a calendar year on top of having a pandemic. Yep. Uh, so it, it's just going to be less to shoot uh it it possibly is going to be less characters you know i mean i don't think we're going to have a posse like mando found no Um, i I think it's going to stick to just kenobi and some of his uh, interactions exchanges on tatooine so you're probably not going to have a a huge production uh but i really do i i think you know barring world war three or uh, america literally lighting itself on fire which could Possible. which could still happen. Don't worry, we 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 still have time to do that. Uh, I do think we could get it in 2021, but at this point, I'd say at the latest, this will be Disney Plus's uh, January February series for 2022. Yeah, that seems like it would make the most sense. But like you mentioned, you're gonna have a much shorter turnaround time. It's just it, it comes down. Are they going to reserve the fall for Mando at this point? You know what I mean? I mean, are are other shows going to have to take up the Clone Wars' spot from this year? Where I think it started airing, what, late January, February, and the the March, April. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Because you you would assume that uh, Mando 3 
which is at least being written. I don't know if they started principal yet. You'd assume they're going to want to drop it October, November of 2021. Yeah. Uh, is that enough I, time to space out for Kenobi? I don't think so. Yeah. I, if you're, if you're continuing on the eight episode train for Mando, then that takes you basically to the end of December every time. Right. If you drop in October, late October, we're not going to finish Mando if you're eight episodes until the end of December. Then you roll into it. Would Yeah, I think they want to keep that cadence. But it also it kind of doesn't make sense to me that you have your shows loaded like that. Like you have it essentially loaded to be Q4, Q1, and then you have nothing in the middle of the year. Well, for, like for it, their Star Wars slate. Yeah, remember these people, yeah, for, they're for, also planning. We're eventually going to get the, the Winter Soldier show, yeah, the WandaVision. WandaVision's coming out. To them, they're like, you know, you and I were like, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars all year. Q1 through 4. They're like, fuck sure. it. We'll give them two Star Wars series a year, two Marvel series a year. And that'll eat up the four quarters. So, I, yeah. you know, the more I've kind of talked myself out of Kenobi being 2021, I, I think it will be the, the Q1 2022 uh, Star Wars deal. Yeah, it makes the most sense, honestly, if it comes out like that. So um, I'm hoping that we get more than four episodes. But if we get four episodes that are 40 minutes each, you know, that gives us a nice two hour long, uh, two plus hour long movie. So, yeah. And um, then really the only other thing McGregor said, he's like, hey, you know, this time it's a little different. Back then I, I was trying to act as Alec as if Alec was young, trying to mm-hmm. act as Obi-Wan. <laughs> now he's like, yeah. now I'm going to try to meet his old Ben performance a bit more. So, yeah, uh, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, he's not going to be full on old Ben. Uh, he's not that far into it. I think Luke would only be 10 ish at this point. So. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I always love hearing from you and, and I, I believe it's Liam and tones. They're the ones that recommended to check out his, it was a longest road or it was, it's some fucking, yeah, it's a, it's a docuseries yeah. where he essentially like him and one other guy, him and his like, buddy Charlie drive, or something. They, they drive, yeah, they drive motorcycles, like thousands and thousands of miles, I think all through yeah. South America up to Hollywood. So, yeah. Uh, he, he just he's just a fucking cool guy like i, I think yeah. ewan's a guy and you never know you never know with the hollywoods but I, I think if you saw him on the street and you weren't a fucking cocksucker he would sit down and at a pub with you and have a drink yeah i think so. like if you didn't run up like oh you and i love you obi-wan kenobi hello there hello there hello there yeah. look i can say it hello there i'm sure that so many people say hello there to him at this point that he's just immune yeah to he's it. just gonna like, reply fuck you <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just like it's just like fucking Dave Chappelle with I'm Rick James, bitch. Right. That's like he would say that people would say that to him while he was walking through Disney World with his kids. Like, it's just (laughs) like that's just how it is for for you. And now it's like, hello there, which is much nicer to hear than I'm Rick James, bitch, constantly. (laughs) Uh, That's great. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, Kenobi, hopefully shooting in March if everyone's not dead. And I, at this point, I think it would be the uh, the the Q1 2022 Disney Plus big release. I think so. Whew, all right, dude, we've made it to the fan segment at the two hour mark. Yeah. And I only have recorded audio for about 30 minutes of the show. That's that's what I'm thinking about <laughs> right now. So um, before we get into the top five, which this week it is a plus one that's right. Nick, let me play. I got to, I, I got to pick my top one. But before we get that, we had a question of the oh. week. 
Um, yeah. And it seems these type of questions, I don't know if we got many more reactions, Nick, but we definitely get detailed answers. I'm uh, going to say that I'm disappointed that all of you were so vanilla with your answers. Okay. Well, I'm just going to put it out there. Everybody picked the same fucking guy. Right. <laughs> like, have some fucking imagination. There, God, there I mean, is like, the question. Look, I, so the question, here's the question of the week. Before I go on a spout about everybody's answer being the same. The question of the week is, who is the greatest Sith of all time and why? Okay, so uh, very straightforward question. I think that Matt and I have gone, you know, had many conversations about the greatest, the greatest Sith of all time. And I think that um, for the most part, we kind of lean towards Palpatine just seeing what he's done in in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, I mean, a hundred, yeah. 150 plus year career of of sowing hate and discord into the an entire I, galaxy. I will say that my answer has changed and I agree with some somebody who else right. somebody else right. who's in these responses can and, you and we'll, can you read this first one nick because i need to save some energy to read yeah. bossa jans this week because it is literally going to take probably 10 minutes yes so uh first first response is from mark monarch aka toy box photography on instagram and he says palpatine why palpatine is star wars all the conflict and turmoil Oh, wow, I zoomed in too much. All the conflict and turmoil that happened in all six movies, plus the three fanfics, were because of him. Plus the three fanfics. <laughs> I like how he puts that. <laughs> were because of him. And he played everybody in the movies and TV series like a violin, succeeded in the eradication of the Jedi Order, and toppled a thousand-year government to supplant his own new order, a feat that no other Sith Lord was able to accomplish before him. That may not be true. I'm just going to put that Ooh. out there. Um, Sure, there were Sith Lords like Revan and Bane who accomplished great and lasting things in their lifetime, but Palpatine achieved far greater things in the long run. One would argue that there, has, that there was a Sith Empire before his time, but there was also a Republic and Jedi Council at the same time. With Sidious, he made sure there was only one faction standing, and it was his. Palpatine is proof that you need an impressive physique, cool armor. There you go. You, you don't need a, an impressive physique, cool armor, and a mask to I, be the greatest. I like that time. ending there. He That is a great point about our boy Sheev, is th- th- this dude did it all through manipulation, planning, and patience. Yes. I mean, it, it, it is. Like, if you're looking at, you know, one of the most successful... Um, overthrows of a government at at one time. I agree with you. I agree with you that that he did he did it masterfully. I think that he's and, definitely and he, up he there really in consideration. Didn't, he really didn't have to lift a finger himself. I, I think the most physical work he did was dispatched of the bozo Jedi in his office. Yeah, that was about and it. And then <laughs> and then fended off Yoda. Yeah. Outside of that, so he just I, sat there and like whispered shit into people's ears, and here we go. He he is the epitome of a of a mob boss, like yeah. the Godfather. It's just beautiful. So yeah, I mean, I will say that that it was it was beautifully done, but it was a short lived reign. I go. will say. There you go. Yeah, like he only he, had his, what thirty years when he was at the top, if that. If not, that, not even yeah. it would have been shit. Uh, twenty three, twenty four, something like that. Yeah, it's like however old Luke was. I mean. And that and and really, 
you know, you still had a Senate. You still had the, you know, yeah, the Senate. Everything like this, he kept the Senate for I'd say eighteen, nineteen years. He, he kept the Senate for eighteen years, which you know is. I mean, you could argue that at that point really didn't matter. Like the senators were, you know, were vestigial organs. Yeah, they, at that they, point didn't do, they, they weren't, weren't doing, doing shit. Anything. I mean, he still just he was the emperor. He did whatever he wanted to. But yeah, I mean, it was a it was a short lived reign. So uh, good answer. And I will say that, holy shit, that was basically the answer for fucking everybody. There were there were I think essentially there were three answers that were given. Well, to this. I think it comes down to like, are there movie people like me or the are you a book uh, yeah, a like legend person like Nick? Because it. I mean, if if you if you just know the movies, which is fine. I mean, I don't, you know, Nick Nick just likes being a dickhead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just the movies. Yeah, Palpatine. That there's there's no fucking question. But if you get yeah. into the expanded universe, some of the legend shit, the games. There, there could be other answers. So, all right. Yeah. Let me, uh, uh let me get ready yeah, for is, this, this one. This is like a novel. It's a that, good one. Like I, I, I we don't just you. put these up here just to entertain Darth Hideous, AKA Bossajan. I mean, he, he, he entertain, they are funny. And he, he, yeah. he writes basically little stories and he, and he's talking to us and really to all of us. So that's why he gets featured during these. I just, hopefully they'll get cut down a little bit because, <laughs> Uh, I really think this one's going to take about five full minutes. So here we go. (laughs) So you want to know my opinion on who's the greatest Sith of all time? Well, that's a great question and horribly hard to answer. But as always, I'll cockwaffle my way around the Star Wars universe to give you cunts my thoughtful opinion. Everyone will say Vader. Well, according to Nick, everyone said Palpatine. Yes, he's the most well-known and the most badass, that's in quotes, but is he really? He got beaten by Obi-Wan almost to the point of death. He couldn't even kill Palps. He turned from the dark side and was ultimately redeemed, making him a failure of a Sith. Well, what about Palpatine, I hear you say? That's also a good point. No one can say that Palps wasn't a great fucking strategist. He manipulated the Republic like the little bitches they were to become his empire, right under the nose of the Jedi. He took charge of the hunting down and destruction of the Jedi Order, but he was beaten by Mace, say what again, motherfucker, Windu. And if not for Anakin's betrayal, he would have been a head shorter. So where do we go now, I hear you say? Let me flip the page. Well, (laughs) Darth Bane. Now there's a Sith Lord of greatness. He destroyed the Sith Empire and distilled all its teaching down to the rule of fucking two. Genius! He used his hatred and anger as the source of his power, and like the sneaky cunt that he was, he secretly made it so that when an apprentice killed their master, unbeknownst to the apprentice, the spirit of that Sith resided in the apprentice. Every time adding another soul to the eternal Sith. What a fucking badass douchebag! So he's in the running. What about Revan, y'all are saying? Well, fuck that guy. He was a Jedi whom was mind-wiped and turned only to turn back to the light side. It chaps my asshole just thinking about this pussy bitch being considered a Sith Lord. Oh, come on, I hear you saying. It must be Darth Malgus, you're saying. He was a boss. He brought back the Sith Empire. 
He led the assault, albeit failed, attack on Alderaan. He led the sacking of Coruscant and the raid on the Jedi Temple. Let me turn the page. Yes, he destroyed the temple, but he was betrayed by the Dark Council. We could do this all day. Bane, for me, is the most powerful of Sith, but Darth Maul is the ultimate example of the dark side. He's all emotion. He's all hatred. It fuels his power. He's dangerous and cunning when it comes to his motivations. He used his hatred and rage to sustain him when he got cut in fucking half. He's also the first person on film to kill Liam Neeson. That says everything you need to know about this perfect motherfucker. And that, <laughs> I mean, that ends, as Liam says, that ends this week's episode of Storytime with Bostajan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, um, I like it. I like his inclusion of Darth Bane in there because I really do think that people, people need to understand the importance of that character. And I don't think enough people know who it, he is do yourself a favor and just go to the star Wars wiki and read it, uh, read his page because he is essentially the reason why Palpatine <laughs> was able to succeed. Like, um, like Bastijan mentioned, I mean, it, it, the way that it seemed in the book, if you've read the books, Bane had figured out essence transfer, essentially what Palpatine did moved his essence from one. Well, well I mean, they don't really to- explain it in trust, but he is at that point the Sith Eternal zombie. Yeah, like like as, hey, but as that's ba- not the first time that that name has been used either. But but as Bossajan said, and as Palpatine says as much to Ray, he really does have all of those Sith Lord spirits within him. Exactly. So before that concept kind of took shape, there was the the idea that. And this is before they they wiped canon and they they set up this idea of the the eternal. It was thought that Bane was actually the the guy at he, that Bane was Palpatine because Bane had figured out if you read the novels essence transfer, which is transferring your soul into another being's body, in a and you could dominate their soul. And push it down, and then you would take control yeah, of that. So, form. I mean, technically, Sheev, you know, once he kills Plagueis, he, he gets Plagueis. But if you go all the way back, it's like a pyramid scheme, right? It's like a yeah. Sith pyramid scheme. Bane is still at the top there. So, yeah, like, you know, Palpatine had Bane's that, soul, Plagueis's soul. Yeah, every, every yeah, all of the ones that had kind of added up to that point. But it was thought that it was just Bane. Like they, they like once that that those series of books ended, everybody was like, oh, well, fucking Darth Bane is Palpatine. Like his name is Palpatine. Now he's calling himself Palpatine, but he is Darth Bane. Right. As Darth Bane has successfully dominated the souls of everybody, of every Sith that he has. Now, been, you know, now this is getting concept. really dorky here, but technically Palpatine wouldn't have consumed bane's soul until he killed his master right so yeah because it's a change it's like once the the apprentice kills the master the apprentice gets the master's soul plus every soul that master had from their their masters when they killed him as apprentice yeah like and here's the thing like you have to read the end of that book to, to to see what it feels like because this is what happens at the end of the third bane book he's showing down with his 
apprentice Darth Xana. Um, and she uses Sith sorcery, this crazy, like she can summon shadows from the ground that essentially disintegrate your body. So they're going at it and she has them. She, she essentially has him dead to rights and he's dead. And all he has to do is touch you in order to do the, to, to initiate the essence transfer. So as he's dying, he grabs her ankle and it, it happens like the essence transfer kicks off. And the way that the book ends is you don't like you don't know if Bane has successfully dominated her spirit and taken over her body or not. Like there's there's not a clear Got answer you. to it. So it wouldn't even be that like that, you know, the 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 apprentice's spirit still exists. It's that he has taken it over. So it's really weird. Yeah, it's it's definitely getting fucking really goofy. Yeah, in my head but like right the way now, that so. they've the, the way that they've done it now is like essentially every time an apprentice kills a master and becomes the master, their spirits compound on top of each other, and you're building like you said a pyramid of Got whatever. It. Oh well, wow. um, it was it was a it was a very interesting way to get to Darth Maul. I mean, I, I love Maul as a character, but I don't think he's the greatest Sith. Uh, I, I <laughs> Papa Palpatine calls him the Star Scream of Star Wars. It's it's a pretty <laughs> fair comparison. Uh, I don't think he was as douchey as Starscream, but he is this kind of like he always has grand plans and wants to be the leader, but he always gets foiled in the end. So I, I, I see yeah, that. Maul, Maul is he, he's all he's all yeah. bite. He, he's, he's, just, yeah, he's, he's a, a barking dog, a biting dog. That's what he is. He's, yeah. he's just an attack dog. Uh, I still love the guy. That doesn't take it. He's still my number two. So back the fuck up. <laughs> All right. Good um, good one there, Bossajan. Thank you as always. So this is the one that I'm going with is, is the good. Ah, OACs. You hear that? OAC. And OAC is in the chat. He is. So OAC. And then also there were a couple of other people who mentioned Vitiate. Um And... So, so this is his response and I'll explain this on stuff. If you're part. watching a live stream, this, this stuff to me is like this, like I'll, I'll out myself. I know a <laughs> lot of fucking star Wars stuff. Once these guys get into this, ooh, it, it's way over my head. Yeah. So, so and Vitiate, I blame it on PC gaming, right? Nick, this, I don't know about this because that of PC exactly gaming where the only way that you can get any sort of lore on Vitiate outside of going to star Wars wikis is by playing uh, star Wars, the old Republic MMO. And I told Matt before we went online, I was like, dude, after reading these Vitiate responses, it makes me want to play the game again because I stopped playing at Knights of the Eternal Throne, which doesn't finish the Vitiate line. Like it, that storyline is still active. Um, so I didn't get to see. Is the that game EOL? Like, is it dead or can people still play? No, no, it's still live. They still put out content for it. Okay. Um, so it's still being actively developed. I mean, I have a strong feeling that they're probably going to nuke it soon just because I, I mean, I, I don't even know if it's considered, I don't think it's considered Canon, even though it's still a live and actively developed game. Right. I think that, 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 that was something that Disney decided like, Hey, we're, you know, like, j well, just like KOTOR, like KOTOR is not Canon KOTOR is legends. And they did the same thing with that. Cause it's essentially a continuation of the KOTOR storyline. Um, so OAC old architect customs, here is his response. He says, "Haha, this is an easy one. The immortal emperor, AKA Darth Vitiate, AKA Valkorian. This man was the pure embodiment of the dark side. He devoured entire planets, Zyost, which he in canon in, in that story, he did, uh, Zyost forced on top of a huge chunk of the Sith that came to the planet 
to take a part in a ritual. Um, purely brutal, he captured his father's essence and trapped it in a holocron for years. He captured and kept Darth Revan in a prison for years. And while doing all of this, he was able to transfer his force, his force essence to a completely different part of the galaxy and create an entirely other society, uh, society of, well, I wouldn't say they were Sith at all, but he seriously is the most amazing Sith ever. Uh, makes Sidious, Vader, Bane look like children. I was so hoping they would have worked him into the new trilogy and, and made Snoke vitiate now that uh, now that would have been something. There's really bad punctuation in here. OAC. I'm trying to read it. Punctuation is all. Is no, it's, bad. it's not you, OAC. Yeah. Nick just can't read. I can't read. Uh, <laughs> would have been something. It would have uh, tied Legends in the Canon. Oh, well, Miss Opportunity. Well, it kind of um, sounds like they were doing a version of this character. They, they essentially in, took um, that. In Collins' version, right? Well, they. I don't think it was that. Like, they essentially took what Vitiate was, like, what, what was achieved with Vitiate. And applied it to Palpatine. Like, he's the Sith Eternal Emperor. No, I'm talking was, about that. You remember the Colin. Oh, no, I know who you're talking they, about. They had that almighty Sith being that Kylo goes and, and tries to learn, you know, how to suck the life out of people, this, that, and the other thing. It sounds like yeah. that thing was kind of this guy. Yeah, maybe. It's similar in a way. But there's another one. Um, there's another response that's vitiate that will expand more on it. But essentially... Vitiate had figured out the the way to eternal life. And in the Plagueis novel, Plagueis was researching Vitiate slash Valkorian because Valkorian is a name that he takes on in another this, life. This is the guy, I believe, that could that he figured out how to transfer your essence into objects, right? Was he the one where and like Vader had that that helmet that had a this guy's spirit in it? I don't think it was him, but it, there was I a there is a, I think it is canon to where uh, Sith can transfer their essence into objects versus yeah. people. Yeah, like he was doing it into people, and and basically he he not only he ran multiple empires at the same time. Like he Valkorian slash Vitiate is the Sith Emperor who turned Malak and Revan to the dark side. Like when they went out, he orchestrated the Mandalorian Wars. Like he, he was the Palpatine before there was a Palpatine. So where does where does Bane fall in here? Like is Bane? Bane is about two thousand years after after this guy. Vitiate. So is I mean, so Bane technically is just building upon Vitiate's what he learned in terms of essence transferring and this that and the other thing. Exactly. Like, and the unfortunate part is that because of what Bane did, like Vitiate had essentially distilled the essence of 8,000 Sith into his form, into his force essence. Uh, the one thing that OAC mentions here is that he, he did this ritual. So what he did was he took everybody to, it wasn't Zyost at that point, it was Nathema, this other planet, and he gathered 8,000 of the remaining Sith there, and he consumed the essence of the entire planet and all 8,000 Sith in a ritual to essentially make him an immortal being. And that was the first time that you kind of saw this idea of stacking your, like your force essences onto each other. And he, he was, so then he, you know, creates this eternal empire that's run off of this planet called Zakul that's happening in the shadows. 
but he's also running the Sith Empire in the actual galaxy at the time. So he's running two different empires at, at the same exact time and then merges them all back together to, to like start this assault on the galaxy. Like it would, and he did this over 1500 years. So he was the Sith Lord master running multiple empires for 1500 years. So who the years. fuck takes him out? He was killed by his family. So now, this is another now is this something that is this something Bane would have read about and that kind of is like you know what we can't us Sith clearly can't handle our anger <laughs> we need the rule of two so it it could have possibly been into it but in the book Vitiate hasn't been like when Bane books were written Vitiate hadn't been created as a character yet <laughs> Got so then that's like where all this like yeah all, they're, they're all, all kind of canon like yeah it gets weird it bleeds into others they sound like the same guy this and yeah. thing. either way i like i like listen to this shit because yeah. I, I mean this just stuff, go read go read valkorian's star wars wiki page well, i think I, basically i might do it oac i think this is what he said he did he just watched all the cutscenes of swotor and just basically had a, a movie for all this stuff is that something yeah. I could do? Like, because you know, there's someone out there on YouTube that probably has stitched together a Swator movie. Yeah. I'm and now, sure is that something? If I watched just, it, would I pick up on all this shit, or, or do you like have to depends. read in-game crap? And you, so they there's they did a thing where they did like a timeline, like uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic did like a timeline where they will have somebody narrate to you like parts of old Star Wars history. And I'm not sure, like, again, I stopped playing it okay. when the Vitiate Valkorian line was still live. So I don't know if there were cutscenes or, like, what has been put together on YouTube in terms of, like, if people are only doing cinematics and you're probably not going to catch the whole thing, you would need actual, like, in-game cutscenes to fill in a lot of these gaps with Valkorian. But it, it's... His story is really well done. Right. And honestly, like... I wish they would have made Knights of the Old Republic 3 based off of the Knights of the Eternal Throne storyline in a single player console mode because it's such a good story that that basically finishes the Revan arc. Like yeah. you find out that like Revan has been mind fucked by this by this Sith Emperor out in the unknown regions of space and you never find out who he is until Valkorian is introduced to you. Um and so the, the the way that he has a family is that he like takes over the body of this one Zakulin knight. His name was Valkorian, and that's why he takes that name. He has three kids. They're all imbued with this incredible force power from Vitiate's, you know, force essence. And eventually they they his son Arkin kills his physical body, but that's when Vitiate, the actual force being is connected to your player character, so the person you play in the game. And then later on down the line, and this is where I stopped playing because I didn't get to it, but the, his three kids, their like essences fight against his and they banish him forever. All right. Hey, I got to address a few questions we've been getting in the chat here on Sith passing their spirit. Uh, those of you wondering, it looks like Tones, this came up in a Vader run maybe back in 2018, I think. Yeah, Darth Vader number 24 from 18. The Sith Lord I've been talking about is uh, Darth Momin. Uh, Momin is the guy that, at least in canon, I think, 
uh, taught people or taught Sith that they could pass their essence to inanimate objects like a helmet. Yeah, I have it pulled up on the live stream right now. I, I knew I wasn't crazy, but there is a comic run. So it is canon at this point mm-hmm. where Vader has this helmet that is infected with the spirit of Momin. And Nick, you remember we were talking about this before Trust came out. How did Palpatine survive? And, and uh, we were basing it off of this this moment stuff. So those of you that have questions about Sith, at least canon wise and how they can pass their essence to objects uh, look up Darth Momin uh, in the Va- Vader number 24. Yeah. Uh, so it is a it is a canon story. And, and Tones, again, he's asking, well, can you pass it to inorganic things? And I would say so if Momin was able to pass his essence to a helmet. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can pass, it, like, in terms of, like, inanimate object transfer, yeah, you can do that. Because it's I- essentially the same way that Sith would, like, Sith ghosts would attach themselves to places in a way right and it's just i i believe this is canon and it was as mm-hmm. early as last year when, when we were talking about this moment stuff sith can only transfer their essence to objects other things they cannot fully become one with the force and become an ethereal spirit like the jedi can uh, yeah. you know while they can both use the force the force is at least like you know what fuck you people You've been using me wrong the whole way. You've been using me for evil. Therefore, you cannot become a ghost. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's another response that is Valkorian related that that gives a couple more details on on him. So once we get there, we can talk about a little bit more. But we have more responses to get. Yep, yeah, let's this keep going. From, that was a long one. This one's from Greg Bird. This is a <laughs> bullshit response. I shouldn't even read it. Um, he says, Lord Sithilis, ha 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 ha. <laughs> After being fucked over, uh, the first sign of Lord Syphilis is a sore <laughs> nut bag and throbbing rectum with wart like sores over uh, your balls. After that, he comes back with a kick ass rash and you don't see him coming, but you know he's around if you're banging around the inner room. <laughs> hey, I, I, am, I am 40. I will never ever be too old for. Uh, piss shit dick fart and and other body part jokes so that's the that's greg, the level of discourse that we get greg, from greg. your boy i you're the, you, i'm the reason that made it made it to the show buddy so that is 100 percent true <laughs> we get bostajan who gives while expletive right. laden very thought out responses <laughs> and then we get poopy jokes uh, i love greg. i love greggy boy lord syphilis i love it uh, okay <laughs> Up next, hey, young Liam, young Liam getting a, a yes. shout out on the fan question of the week this week. So this is, yes, Liam Samard Photography on Instagram. He says, has to be Palpatine, even though he wasn't uh, then the most powerful of all time. He was the one who truly won. He was, he was the one who was smart enough to infiltrate the Jedi Order and turn their own army against them, ultimately wiping them out. He was able to make the Sith the rulers of the galaxy for a fair amount of time. And he was able to clone himself into other bodies. If forever, uh, reason the one he was, what? Hey, we don't, we don't have, we don't have into um, other bodies. If forever reason, the one he was in would die. If for whatever reason, the one he was in would die. Let's just say English is not our fans strong suit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. In my opinion, with all of this, with all of that and his insane amount of manipulation is why 
he is uh, on top as the greatest fist of all time. So yeah, Palpatine, again, a very popular response right. here because of the events that we see. It, play it out really is. Movies. I mean, it comes down to, are you movie canon only or are you someone that got into words and shit at some point in time? Uh, words and shit video games and shit i think that there is a lot of uh <laughs> there's just a lot more because if you like in my opinion if you limit yourself to the movies in terms of what you're reading there's only three sith there's vader there's oh, oh yeah no no for this there's dooku and maul i mean maul was a sith for a little maul. bit um yeah. <laughs> i would uh yeah yeah but no these for these questions yeah dabble wherever you want to go i'm not saying it's just movie mm-hmm. but uh, if we want to kind of keep things to canon, that's pretty much what we're left with these days. The films, yeah. the comics, once once Disney took over, I think so 2015 and on, something like that. And yeah. whatever they put out on YouTube, I mean, that that's it. That is our um, canon these days. It, all this yeah. shit sounds fantastic. Like, I would love like i i might try to find those youtube videos i think oac said he might uh, hook me up with some links uh but yeah if it, if it comes down to reading it's just it's not gonna happen for me at this point in time it's just not yeah i, just, I no, can't do I it totally, I, I can't fucking read i can't i totally get it that's why totally by the way that's why nick reads all these responses i i really <laughs> i can't read uh even i can't read you can clearly see all right i'll, so. I'll take one from nick because he's been doing all the heavy lifting so i'll, I'll take the next one here from anthony uh, which looks like it came in on a different platform, which is this a surprise. This through Facebook, hey. Facebook Messenger. Look at that. All right, so Anthony. Hey, now, guys, I love it. He's got the hey now. Hey now. Hey yeah. now. Hey now. All right. My friend Action Figure Noob turned me on to the show, and I love all the eps I've listened to so far. We love you too, Anthony. We speak your name. I don't really do, or I don't really Instagram, but wanted to respond to your question of the week. That's fine. We're on all the platforms, or at least the ones... Mm-hmm. That we think are good, but in all honesty, we only look at Instagram. So I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> Nick even found this. <laughs> I this because whenever we do get a message on the Facebook uh, page, it comes through. Okay, on my phone, gotcha, so. perfect. I'm glad someone's paying attention to the <laughs> FB here because I am not. All right, so after some thought, I had to give it to the Sith Emperor Tenebrae Vitiate Valkorian, whatever the hell he wants to call himself. Did I say those right? Yes, uh, that is correct. I mean, the guy consumed all the life on two planets and achieved near immortality, and he created two different empires that he kept secret from both each other and the Republic and reigned for over a thousand years. Sadly, he also made our boy Revan his bitch for the better part of 300 years. He basically just snapped his fingers and turned Revan and Malik to the dark side. That's all pretty hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's who I'm. That's who my choice is. I my my choice is Valkorian. So are we because saying of, now, Nick? Uh, I mean, they're they're kind of rewriting Kotor canon now, right? They're now saying that Revan, when we saw him, was hundreds and hundreds of years old. No, so or he imprisons Revan after his turn back to the light. So yes, after he turns back to the light, Revan actually plays a pretty big part in, um in the star Wars, the old Republic video game, he eventually kind of, I don't, I don't want to say he turns back to the dark, but he plays like this, this neutral kind of position and he reemerges into the galaxy and essentially starts a war against both the Republic and the Sith to take down everybody. He's like the light side's wrong. The dark side is wrong. My way is the only way. And he reemerges into the galaxy 
as Darth Revan again and starts a war. But at this point, it had been after, I mean, like between KOTOR and SWOTOR, there was a lot of time still. But there was there was a, a period of centuries where he was kind of laying dormant. So, hey, how come all these motherfuckers back in the day could live for centuries? Like, what, what, what happened? Like, what's going on I here? think that's what happens is that, <laughs> like, with the death of Darth Vitiate, with, well, it wasn't even Darth at this point. With the death of Vitiate, you lost, you lost all, all that knowledge. Knowledge of immortality and, and, and like, right. transferring Because, I, I mean, based on what you people are telling me. Palpatine should have looked like a strapping young man, even at 150. Yeah, but the problem I mean, we is know with he him, he was the shit body. He was a rotting <laughs> clone body. But even even as Sheev, like once he blocked that uh, his own uh, Sith uh, lightning, he somehow let his body just age to an old crippled fuck. It's it's like the the problem was is like the essence transfer like. What he was essentially looking to try to do was lost. Like that art was yeah. lost. Like right. oh, that's just that's just me not knowing. But I, as like Revan yeah. lived three hundred, five hundred, four hundred years. Uh, the, the whole thing that Revan came back. It sounds like they just took the the dark ending of Kotor and kind of went that way. I, I don't know. I don't know how they 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 work together. If you played Revan the light way, I don't know. That's weird, but whatever. Uh, so I'll I'll yeah. take your guys' word for it. This guy with three multiple names, he's the man. Vitiate. Tenebrae, Valkorian. So Tenebrae was his birth name. He was born to, he was a bastard son of a, a, a former Sith Lord. Vitiate was the name that was given to him by Mark Aragnos. Mark Aragnos was the Dark Lord of the Sith at the time where uh, Tenebrae was like gaining power and he was the one who bestowed Lord of the Sith title upon Is that like Vitiate. his, you know, when Anakin, his when Anakin became Vader? That, you know. Yeah, yeah. So Mark Aragnos was his basically his his Sith master, and then Valkorian was the name that he assumed when he built the Eternal Empire because that was the name of the body that he in, inhabited. Got you. That's, All right. So, well, yeah. I got. I'll check I mean, this guy out. I mean, you guys have have told me enough. I'll look at it. Even though, as one six shooter says, the EU is dead, and he is right. It's still. Uh, it, it sounds like interesting content to me, nonetheless. I know I like the way that I look at it is like it yes it's it's dead it doesn't it doesn't make any sort of impact on stories being told now but the story still exists and I'm I'm a person who just enjoys good content right um so I don't care if it's not canon or it's canon like I if it's a good story I'll you're, read you're it a better now. man than I cuz I am an <laughs> OCD canon guy like if it's not canon I can't even accept it anymore like it's just no, yeah. it, it doesn't affect the world we live in the 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 Star Wars we're seeing being written now like if if Valkorian can't be mentioned in the Mandalorian he does not exist to me It's true I mean Technically, like the good thing about this old <laughs> canon shit, about like this old Republic shit, is like you can snap your fingers and make all any of it real. Yeah, they they have the source material. We've talked about this in the past. They just don't seem to want to mine yeah. it too much. Like, but like you uh, can, so like Vitiate Valkorian could be real, and it wouldn't affect anything right. that happens in right. the shit that we see now, real canon. Like now, you can't go back and snap your fingers and make Jaina Solo real. 
Like it just can't. That that's now. gone now. Yeah, that is, that is one hundred percent gone. You're right. All right, next one here. We're we're dragging this uh, yeah. segment out a bit. Uh, Lego Star Wars collection. He went with Vader. Even pronouncing his name, you can hear the theme song. I, I do love Darth in terms of being a great Sith, though. He's a little wishy washy bitch. We all know that. We all know <laughs> under. We all know under that armor, he was a sad, sad man. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, all right, next up, Corellian Smuggler. Objectively, it's Palpatine. He overthrew the Jedi and ruled the galaxy for about 24 years. He also came back from the dead, and his blood heir <laughs> now owns a Skywalker name. <laughs> I like that at the end. Good one. Yeah, a good, good, good one. That's... I mean, technically, who won that trade? Yeah, it <laughs> was a good final fuck you to the Skywalkers there. Yeah. Uh. Um, next up, he says, the ama- this is the Amazing Hunter too. I would say Vador with an O. But you have to give it to Palpatine. He made the chosen one turn to the dark side. <clears throat> he was manip- manipulating the Jedi. He tortured Maul. And when Maul got captured, you can see the fear in his face. Palpatine is someone you do not mess with. He knows what needs to uh, what he needs, and uh, he will do it as long as he pleases. He will do it as he pleases. Nothing gets in his way. Also, he ordered Fox to kill fives. Fox did nothing wrong. He was just following orders. Palpatine is the I'm not Nick. Not do you Fox. know like how how big of a movement there is for fans hating Commander Fox? No, it's like especially in the toy community. Like when that figure came out, people were like, "I fucking hate this guy," but it's a good looking figure. I'm still going to take a picture <laughs> of it. It's like I, I I forgot why they hit, but he was the one that executed one of the the famous clones out there. But it, it is funny, yeah. like how much. How many people, and I'm assuming they were younger when they watched the Clone Wars cartoons, just fucking hate, <laughs> hate Commander Fox. I, I mean, uh, that was a very rough death to take. All right, um, all right. Up next, we got Tones making a return to form here in the question of the week. So he's going with Sidious slash Palpatine. From the beginning, he orchestrated the entire plot to take control over the galaxy, albeit for a short period of time. He beat all other Sith before him to achieve this ultimate goal, as well as having the power to return decades later after his demise for one final attempt at control. No Sith previously achieved achieved this or that the ultimate power to do so. Or had the ultimate power to do so with a correction from Tones. Yeah. You can tell Uh, Tones was born before uh, smartphones because he still types out full sentences with periods and stuff. Yeah, I do that. As Me well. too. Like I, I, and it's gotten to the point where I feel like an asshole for punctuating text messages. No, dude, I, I have, to I can't do it like, today. I have to do it. I, I can't just bullshit. Dude, like when I like the, the last one and I'm not like trying to shit on anybody's writing, but like, the Amazing Hunter 2, probably younger because there's no punctuation. Well, I, I was going to say, is like I think Nick's struggling to read this because he hasn't been teaching younger generations like I have for the past decade. That, my friends, these question of the week responses, these are the type of emails and, and questions for help or just uh, homework responses I get from my college students. Like Bro, where there's I, no periods, the there's a run on sentence for like eight paragraphs. And I'm just going, I, I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. I got an email yesterday that said, what do this thing help no see it? <laughs> okay. Okay. So wow! Don't take it personally, Nick. It's not your fault. You can't read people that are typing like this. I'm not even gonna say it's really your fault. It's just the human race is getting dumber and dumber with more technology we have. 
Yes. People, I've, I've had students that abbreviate their fucking names in an email. Like, <laughs> abbreviate your own last name. Like, instead of typing out Haywood, I just type out H-Y-W-D. It's like, really? Really? We've gotten to this fucking part of, of human society? But anyways. That's how far we've gotten. All right. Next up, we have Baron's Black Series. And he says, isn't it obvious? For Matt Haywood, it's Darth Talon. Head, tails, and a bikini, say no more. <laughs> Honestly, Matt, you would you would like Darth Oh, I, I know exactly who we're talking about. Are you kidding me? I've seen that that red. Uh, yes. She almost has like the mall, the, the mall tattoos, right? Yeah, she does. Yeah. Red Twi'lek, uh, Dark Lord of the Sith. But he, but, he, but he backed out. Come on, Spencer. Stick with it. There, there's nothing he wrong says, with Darth Talon. Just like everybody else, he says it's actually Darth Sidious. Not to give a cliche answer, you did, Spencer. Uh, but he hid beneath the nose of whole Jedi order and tricked them. <laughs> he is a long game master planner. He turned the strongest Jedi against the order and used him as his lap dog. He found a way back from death. He conquered and mastered so many powers and so many people. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a no brainer. I mean, Palpy really is like true canon movie canon. Yeah. yeah, there there is no argument because of the long game, his planning and just really how bad he trolled the Jedi. I mean, the Jedi were so fucking clueless to what was going on, literally right under their nose. Yeah, I mean, it's you're right. Like canon wise, you really don't have too much. And like, here's the thing, like I would argue Darth Bane would probably be greater than him, but I don't know what level of canon he is like i don't know if his whole story is canon now like if all three of those books are canon then you could argue that darth bane was but i don't know what level yeah, of canon it seems bane to me is. like if the bane thing is canon the whole rule of two i would think that bane would look at what palpatine achieved and go yes he's like yeah that that's what is I was- what <laughs> i've been fucking telling all you angry fuckheads about this is what we can do if we just fucking have some patience and we're willing to just let time pass see like bane was really close to valkorian because he did something similar because like uh bane set off what was called a thought bomb in a cave and he had all of the sith all of the surviving sith in this cave and he convinced them he's like i'm gonna do this ritual and we're gonna wipe out the jedi and really what he did was he set off a thought bomb and that trapped all of their spirits inside of this cave. And it was called like the cave of tears or something like that. <laughs> but what he should have done is what Valkorian did and, and imbue all of those Sith essences into his own self, God, yeah. into his own force. Well, it being. sounds like Bane wasn't a selfish guy. I mean, he sounds like someone that you, <laughs> you could have a drink with, right? You sit down, have yeah. a friendly chat about murdering people and Jedi. Yeah. Um, and then you didn't, you, you didn't have to worry about him sucking your soul into his. Yeah. He's a pretty nice guy. I like him. Um, all right. Next up, Skeletron photography. He says, uh, Darth Nihilus, not only was he mostly an apparition of the dark side, but he also was the Sith Lord of hunger. He wiped out the entire biomass of a planet just by calling out in the force and speaking to it. Also Lycan from the legend story. Nomad could make entire rooms of people die by causing their brains to explode. Pretty good stuff there. Yeah. But I agree, like Nihilus's power is almost unmatched. 
I just did the, the the chat right now is fantastic. Like the, these people are going insane over like some of this EU stuff. And I, I will have to agree with Trevor a bit. Like some of this EU stuff was pretty fucking far out, like thought bombs and uh, eating planets and this, that and the other thing. I mean, it, it's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like getting into like superhero stuff. I'm sorry that fucking Trevor can only wrap his head around <laughs> some guy shooting lightning out of his thought fingers. Bomb. Like, uh, that's the that's as far as it goes for Trevor. There is some cool shit that happened in the in the, in the old EU. It yes, is, I saw the thought. It is pretty too. far out. All right, holy shit! Our last one finally. Yes, prob uh, prob Banley vitiate, but I prefer Darth Bane to his pure raw power. So yeah, that that was from too. Jomo Simbal. Uh, yes. It really sounds like vitiate and Bane are kind of kind of thinking the same way. One one, it's chicken and the egg. I'm going. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, so man. that's the last. That, the that was like a fucking history lesson from Nick. So I, I, I enjoyed yes. most of it, but like some of you, I think uh, I was getting over it there. It's kind of yeah, like Nick so. on Toy Talk when when he starts to gloss over. Uh, thought that that <laughs> thought bomb was enough. I was like, all right, my fucking head's about to explode too. Uh, yeah, but good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. I felt like we just went to school. We need that Star Wars history every now and then because it's not like we have much to think about right now outside of Mando and whatever pretend shows we think are coming out. So, all right, so that go, go give it. Go give uh, the the if you if you don't know who Darth Bane is, go give his wiki page a read. Go give uh, Vitiate's page a read because there's some good. You know, there's some good story in there. I don't care if it's canon or not canon. There's good Star Wars story with both of those characters. Um, all right. Okay. We are now moving on. Finally. This is def to definitely going to be a three hour show. I know those are uh, that is your favorite length. If you're a super fan, uh, I'm starting to feel a hemorrhoid forming in my own asshole. Yeah, there's some uh, some tired uh, setting. Uh, in I'm now. wondering if I should just start wearing diapers for these podcasts. But here we go. It is that time of the show to start to pay homage to the Star Wars Time Show faithful and all of you Star Wars fan artists out there because it is the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week plus one. That's right. It's a plus one week, which means I got to make a choice out of all the amazing shots that we featured throughout the week on our Instagram account. So if you want to get in on this fun you got to use the hashtag, hashtag Star Wars Time Show. We would love for you to also tag us on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. That way, we'll see your shots. If they don't suck, they'll get featured on our page. And if they're even, if they're uh, totally excellent, if they are station, Nick will throw them into the top five segment, which is a post that goes up every week on StarWarsTime.net. So your work will live in infamy. And then yes. you will also be talked about on the show, the greatest yet most unlistened to Star Wars fan podcasts in the galaxy. All right, Nick, let's get into it. You got five. I got one. Who was your first pick? First pick this week was our good buddy Lights Camera Tentacles. Oh, yes. And <laughs> this shot that he has, I love what Lights Camera Tentacles does because he basically just he he just takes Star Wars figures and just makes his own shit with it. Yeah, I so, you can't even call this kit bashing. This he is he is creating <laughs> brand new figures by 
just kind of Frankensteining parts from all sorts of lines. Like, I mean, he's, it looks like he's grabbing shit from NECA, uh, from this, this toy maker, obviously the Hasbro stuff. Uh, it's just, you never know what this guy is going to create for this little, I think he calls it like the cluster zone. It's this little world he's created with all these, uh, characters uh, that are somewhat Star Wars related, but once he's done doing what he does, they are lights, camera, tentacles, creations. Yes, the cluster flux is what he calls it. The nexus of reality. Yeah. So what we see here is is what used to be a BB-8 droid that has now been repurposed and reused to make a mechanical spider that is eating somebody alive <laughs> yeah it's just i mean this looks like a figure you would buy in a store i mean that's how qu- high quality his craftsmanship is yes. i do just just uh, l- let's put aside that he's turned bb8 into an arachnid Dude, he calls him bb8 legs bb-8 l3 g5 even the fucking names are genius <laughs> But I mean, I mean, dude, just look at the the the, the paint job alone is uh, is such high quality that it, you just you, you got to see if you're just listening. You got to go look look them up on Instagram at lights underscore camera underscore tentacles. His entire profile is nothing but this world he has created, the cluster flux, which is a it's a it's an amalgamation of like I said various pop culture franchises yet none of them are just pure say star wars or pure marvel they all have light camera tentacles touched to them which it may be slightly demented uh but it's fucking just uh, this is art all right i mean the, the shots are good looking but what this gentleman is doing with this hobby is it, it's it's taking the art form to a whole other level in my opinion. Yes, very much so. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't even know how else to describe this. This is BB-8 legs created by Lights, Camera, Tentacles and is now a part of his clusterfuck nexus of realities. It's wild, it's like, it, it, it's like this guy is a, he's like, he's a concept artist for his own hobby. It, it's just, it's yeah. fucking fantastic, so. Dude, if, if they, like, I wish he would make comics. Like, I wish he would just, like, I don't know if he would need to get licensing or what the fuck he would need to do because he is kind of, like you said, like kit bashing slash just taking things and making his own things out of it. But like if he could turn what he's making on his Instagram into a comic book, that would just be incredible. I I mean, a lot of us toy photographers, I mean, people like one six who we'll be talking about, they'll create some wicked looking dioramas. This guy is creating a world in this hobby. That exactly. that is living, breathing. He gets a new figure. He doesn't just plop a BB-8 down there. He looks at it and he goes, yeah, I'm going to make you a fucking spider. And then does it with such a level of craftsmanship, you feel like it is, you know, he paid for this. Yeah. I mean, this is like, and then also like you, you need to do yourself a favor and read his, his like, uh, you know, his caption. Yeah, he does. He, he tells a story tells with each stories. shot, right? Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. He's like, this is, what, this is what he put for this one. He says, the paralytic venom he'd pumped into the unfortunate human he'd learned, he'd lured into the alley moments earlier had worked quickly as was usual. 
but his venom reservoir was running low. He'd need to source new high-strength anesthetics <laughs> from a local medical center very soon if he wanted to continue Unbelievable. his work. The droid quickly harvested the organs he needed, uh, and they were soon safely tucked away inside the chiller unit within his abdomen. He would sell them later at the Cluster <laughs> Flux uh, illegal meatware market under Borg Town. That is awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Look, I mean, the, the imagination on this Star Wars or just pop culture fan is undeniably amazing. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. He's got a story level. for this. Not only does he have the vision to create this thing, he can execute it, and now he creates a whole little tale to bring him to life. BB-8 Legs is an organ harvester. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is fucking brilliant. <laughs> I Excellent mean, stuff. Just, you got got to follow at Lights Camera Tentacles on Instagram. Yeah. All right, man. Lights underscore camera underscore tentacles. Beautiful, beautiful job from the it clearly disturbed mind of this man. So, a, be- a beautifully well, disturbed mind. Beautifully disturbed. Yes. Um, all right. Next up, we have at Chris Rose photo here on IG, and this is just a a beautiful portrait shot of the Lego Razor Crest. I don't know how he got this. Like, I don't know if this is like photo editing to where like he got it to lay perfectly on top of the water like that. But what you see is the razor crest landed on a very still. I'll, I'll like tell lake. you, Nick, it, it actually has uh, landing gear because I, I just built this set this weekend. So there are actual okay. like like skis underneath it. Okay, so it actually is sitting on the water. Yeah, yeah. Now. He probably so, just okay. sat it down and then then waited a few minutes to let the ripples go and to get this just you know mere quality reflection. Yeah. So and yeah, and I, yeah, it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful portrait of the Lego Razor Crest. It looks like there's a sunrise about to happen, and the like you said the the almost perfect mirror reflection that he gets in the water is just well well done. Beautiful shot. Yeah, no, Chris Chris is great. I, I think he almost exclusively uses natural light for all his shots and, and which can give you just these beautiful backdrops that we see in this shot right here of the Lego Razor Crest. I mean, you have hints of pink, purple, blue, navy. I mean, look look at the sky. Uh, and then like Nick said, you got that the sun is either peaking or dipping right there, which adds even more color to the shot. Uh, it is it's when I see stuff like this, it's like, come on, dude. You're so invested in the Legos now. You have all these great sets. Just try it once. But then the little devil's like, well, you've got fucking 800 figures that need shot first. So the Legos got to wait. But uh, I would love to just go grab my Razor Crest right now and try to do something like this. Not that I could because I don't live somewhere where I get great sunsets, nor do I live somewhere where there are nice body of water that I would like to visit. So I'll just sit here and keep bitching about sucking. (laughs) Uh, there we go. So beautiful work at Chris Rose photo on Instagram. Go give him a follow. Well done. Uh, next up, we have a shot from tiny Epic photos at tiny Epic photos on Instagram. And it's basically, you know, in, in, uh, tiny Epic photos original caption. He puts that he wanted to create a, an alien like scene within star Wars and he did it perfectly. So what we see is, uh, General Grievous hanging from the ceiling of either a Star Destroyer or some other, you know, some other vent, yeah. vent-laden place. And he's got both of his sabers stabbing into the chest of a clone trooper that's wolf. and, like, lifting that, that, him off the ground. That's fucking wolf, Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah, I see the helmet now. I see the helmet now, yeah. that's. Um, so it is. It's, a, it, it's like a perfect 
Star Wars representation of of in the alien scene from, you know, like from the movies where the alien comes down and fucking gets a kill there. Except this time the alien is General Grievous. Um, beautiful work. I love the I always love when people get like really good bokeh coming from lightsabers, like the like the sparks and stuff coming off of it, because it does like it just sells. Oh, like, dude, the, that, that's the all that's all post everything. too. Like, I mean, he yeah. he's added all that extra effect to the sabers to make them pop like that. I, I do I do like that. Obviously, I don't have the skills to do that. It's too much reading and Photoshop bullshit. <laughs> uh, but this shot to me, uh, I love the lighting. I like the how it's. A, a, a an overall darkly lit shot but you have those uh kind of the greens and blues pop in there to highlight the subjects uh, the posing obviously is very well done uh, grievous hanging from his feet doing the double stab I mean, you, you could almost see the maneuver like him uh, flipping himself down and just jabbing right in the wolf and then as he's raising himself up he's carrying the carcass with them before those blades rip fully through and tear the poor clone in half. Yeah. Um, Dan just like he, he, to me, he's one of the best uh, toy photography light lighting guys out there. Uh, he also usually comes up with really great ideas for shots. Something that I've just given up on in life. Like I'm never going to have a great idea like this for a shot. Nor could I execute it without wanting to punch a hole in the wall. So I just, you know, I'm getting used to just looking at those of you with imaginations and the ability to do this without stabbing knives and screaming and, and tweaking your, your, your nipples. I just, I try to appreciate your efforts these days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that you could pull this off one day, Matt, if you, if you just, Zend yourself out. If you found your inner Jedi, I think you'd be able to figure. Yeah, and then then I would out. send it to someone <laughs> like a one six Black Series or Tiny Epic to do all the the Photoshop stuff. Yeah, that's all. That's what you need. I'm you telling you right now. I'm telling intern. you right now. I mean, I, I Liam, I, when I you love out Photoshop. <laughs> Matt's gonna send you all of his. Right, I'll give you. I'll give you practice. Post on. <laughs> I'll give you plenty of practice. But but in all seriousness, I do prefer trying to get as much in camera as possible because it does make the 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 post aspect of this hobby a lot easier and i'll be 100 percent honest the reason i don't attempt a lot of more dynamic shots with crazy posing wires figure stands this that and the other thing is because I don't want to deal with the post bullshit mm. i don't want to try to wipe a figure stand in fact one six, while you're on here, I saw a shot of yours, I think it was with the Marvel figures, the Hellfire Club. You had like six or seven figures on those clear plastic stands that, in my opinion, are bulky as shit. They take up a lot of the, you know, in-frame action and, to me, would require some pretty serious post-processing wiping going on. How are you doing that? Are you taking a shot of the scene before you place all the stands so you can just kind of layer them and then wipe that shit out? Or are you just trying to erase it with, you know, the healing tool? It's that that's the, that type of shit. Those type of operations, Nick, just give me agita. I'm like, I don't want to fucking I'll just shoot my dumbass portrait. Then I know all I have to do <laughs> is tweak some light, maybe crop it, maybe add some clarity, and here we go. I, I mean, if I'm not adding a lightsaber effect, the most I do in post now is is tweak brightness, 
some contrast, some clarity, might add some soft proofing and and might tweak the 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 white balance a bit. That's it. I don't want to I don't want to fuck with that stuff. So uh, I, I'm assuming it looks like, yeah, Trevor said that, yeah, they're pretty bulky, but I had them out of the frame. So he just had to really wipe the arm parts. Um, yeah, the like stands, they just, they, they give me the, the heebie jeebies. It's like, cause Nick, you, you could have a fantastic shot and you got the figure he's laying in one of those clear stands and then you go to the, to process it and you're like, well, fuck, how am I going to get rid of that without making it look like I just wiped something out of the shot? Yeah, uh, yeah. So there you go. There's there's a slight tangent, a, a slight woe is me moment for Matt. I've been <laughs> trying not to do those as much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, tiny epic photos just a, a, to me, one of the more brilliant and imaginative uh, toy photographers out there that, that also has the skills in camera set up and post to pull them off. Yeah, 100 percent. So uh, at tiny epic photos on Instagram. Well done. Very visceral, grievous shot. All right, next up, we have the Corel Pulse here, and he's got a really cool uh, representation of something we might see in season two of The Mandalorian. So what we see is Mando himself, Din Djarin. This is non-full Beskar Mando, uh, standing right next to, in a, in a battle pose right next to Ahsoka Tano, who's also in a battle pose. This is Rebels Ahsoka with her white lightsabers, um, and then you also see little baby Yoda standing between them, kind of like with his hands out, ready to use the force. Um, and it's a really cool scene. So it's nighttime. You see lightning striking in the background. You see a dead trooper there behind the, the primary figures in there. It almost looks like they're either on um, God, Navarro. They're probably on Navarro, given what, what we're seeing here in terms of the scene. So um, I just thought it was a really cool uh, kind of trio an epic trio pick here yeah uh, I, I remember this because i i like the coral pulse i think it's an account that's just been fucked by ig in terms of how it gets limited in terms of just the exposure shots get but i remember seeing this shot because coral pulse for the most parts doing really nicely lit close-ups portraits for that you know for the most part so when I saw this, I was like, hey, man, getting into a scene. And then I read it. It's like, I mean, this is a full on composite shot, Nick. So uh, the background's all fake. Uh, I think the whole background's fake. The, the, some of the foreground stuff's fake. Obviously, what they're standing on is real. But this is one of those shots where you layer in digital assets to create the final shot. Uh, so I, I thought that was pretty interesting because to me, I, I've always it, I've always felt like Coral for the most part is is capturing everything in frame outside of, you know, tweaking some effects in post. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, it just captures those characters so well. So beautiful hey, job. Look here. who showed up. Bossajan, the time change boy is back. Better late than never. Assholes. We love you, too. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> Better late than never. <laughs> All right, up next, and he just joined the live stream. That's Broken yes, Artist. He just came in. Last, perfect time, perfect timing, Broken Artist, because we've been flapping our gums for over three hours <laughs> oh, to get man. here. Yeah, I'm starting to feel it too. So this one here, the last of the top five for this week, before we get into Matt's top one, is from at Broken Artist or at Broken underscore Artist ninety eight. Just joined in the live stream chat, like Matt said. And it is a absolutely fantastic black and white portrayal of uh, the Mando, a.k.a. Din Djarin from The Mandalorian. This is non-full Beskar Mando. He's got his, his pulse rifle with him. 
and he's just he's he's walking he's hunting it almost looks like he's hunting his his mark he's kind of walking through a field has his gun drawn you can see he's kind of looking off in the distance at either like up some sort of hill or at the peak of some sort of crest crested mountain up there um and he's also got his hand reaching back towards his his pistol to draw so i don't know if he's getting ready to get into a scrap but i just like the way that that broken artist kind of did a, a great black and white yeah, portrayal uh, of this. It almost looks like I don't I don't know if he used it like if he would have added like a tiny bit of film grain to this, it would almost sell it as like a fucking Kurosawa. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say is like, yeah, the, the old school samurai films or like if there was a, a World War Two photographer out there capturing the Mando. Uh, on a hunt it is i mean black and white it's, it's hard it, it, to me it's a it's a hard medium sometimes it, it's also a medium that i've i've used that i think saves a shot uh you know where, where i'll shoot a shot and I, i'm planning on presenting it in color uh, but for whatever reason when i'm looking at it after the fact i'm like eh there's something missing here but you know you, you throw on that black and white and you're like wow now it looks artistic uh, but but sometimes black and white can also make a shot look poopy, and that's not the case here with Broken Artist 98. It does, as Nick said, it gives it that vintage feel, uh, that old school film grain, actual film, like a projector style yeah. uh, a, a shot here. And like a like a super old western, like a black and white western. You can you can kind of feel that type of vibe from this shot. Um, so yeah, I, I, and like a lot of people would say like, or a lot of people think that like, well, black and white's not eye catching. And, you know, if you're scrolling through your feed and you know, I, something black and white, she's going to pass right up. But like, I found this in the sea of everything that yeah. I shared this week. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You are right. I'll tell you, I mean, a shot like the one we just saw from tiny or tiny epic or even coral pulse. I mean, those colors, boom, they're going to grab you right away. I mean, uh, black and white, on the other hand, it might not have that kind of like pop, like that jump grab, but it's more like, oh shit, this is some high art stuff, right? When you're when yeah. you're flipping through, like, whoa, this isn't all like uh, bright and vibrant looking. What's going on here? Oh, this is a piece of art. So I, I agree, it is. Uh, this is a a perfect shot for the black and white effect. Yeah, exactly. So at broken underscore artist ninety eight on Instagram uh beautiful job here i mean i can i can literally almost see you know a, a like a kurosawa you know type of film being made around this this character yeah you, you're waiting for some ronin asshole to come by and mando just cuts yeah, him, cuts him in get half like the fucking <laughs> you get the screen with all the words on it because they're like right. speaking in japanese right. and you get the screen that translates it it's like okay i yeah, challenge I'm, you i'm into it, I'm into it. <laughs> i challenge you to a duel yeah i love it so right, good well stuff done, there well done um, and it's now time for Matt's top one Woo-hoo! of the week. So Matt, take us away. Take us into the top There we zone. go. Look at this shot. And it is from our friend at 1-6 Shooter, one of the hosts of the 1-6 Pack. And he also does some stuff over at the EM. I mean, you know, 1-6 Shooter, he's just, he's one of the uh, lords of toy photography. The, the elder statesman, if you will. Uh, not saying you're old, Trevor, but you, you know you you've been at it for a long time. You've been you know producing badass looking shots for years and years. You've even gotten paid to do this shit. So yes, you are the elder statesman of toy photography. But what we're looking at here, it seems that Trevor has also gotten himself on Hasbro's Good Boy list. 
uh, because he didn't have to pay for the Heroes of Endor box like I showed at the beginning of this episode. He got it sent to him here, but uh, just it, it's a fantastic shot and, it, and it's a very one six shooter esque shot. Uh, mind you, these are all 112 scale, so this isn't his usual muse, but you can see he applies his usual quality to it. That background, Nick, that is a mix of fucking trees this guy has made and a digital screen. So, so wait, like, like handmade yes trees. yes Th- that fuck. that like what uh, over there on the left by that stormtrooper that tree right there that is something yeah. trevor has produced i don't know what he made it out of who knows wow. he's one of these people that can do the dio stuff in addition to the lighting the post-processing the the imaginative uh, setups and the shoots uh so he's got it all but yeah i mean the, those trees are real the ones way back there those are our screen because he's got a big ass tv uses but it's really i mean it's 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 a scene from the film, right? When they all get fucking bamboozled. They all get uh, captured there as as Han is trying to blow up the bunker. So it's like that, you're under arrest, that type of scene. Hands up. All the rebels have their hands up. Uh, the Han figure itself, as Trevor has been saying on Instagram in here in the live chat, is one of the best looking 112 scale Hans, if not the best. The face is just fantastic. Uh, the Leia looks good, the way he, he's he got Chewie in there, but really it's, I like the lighting. I like how you're kind of getting that sun coming in from the top right that hits on the back of Chewie's legs. It kind of accentuates a little bit of Han there. It's just, it's just an overall well done scene shot. That's what I'm calling it here. Uh, you, yeah. you got the, I mean, look, he, he's bringing in some, I don't know if those are fake or real ferns. I don't know if they're for fish it's tanks. Just, there's so many different layers to the shot. And it's like, if you're not looking for it, then you won't even realize it because it's composed so well. Like, like you said, the ferns in the foreground that are just like the tiny bit of blur in the foreground sells the depth of the shot to you immediately. And then the layers of people that are in the back, like you have your foreground figures, you even have mid-ground figures, you have background figures. Like the, the, the composition and staging of the shot, I don't think could have been done better. Like it's just Oh yeah, I, so I mean, well if done. you look and he, he usually, Trevor, one six shooter, he usually does BTSs. I don't know if he's reeling it or TikToking it or whatever the fuck we do these days to show behind the scenes. But he, he will give you a glimpse in how he builds out these sets, these shoots. And he's actually given us some deeper insights here in the live chat. Apparently, he had to remove Chewie's arms to get him to pose that way, which I can see now. And even just thinking about getting Han and Leia's up there, that that might have required a little bit of work. Because, you know, Nick, we always see these finished shots with the posing done. Uh, and without you doing the hobby yourself, I, I don't think you can truly understand how fickle these little plastic fuckers are like they just do not want to do what you're trying to get them to do with your meatball hands Uh, (laughs) a lot of times it's just a limitation of the plastic the joints this that and the other things so it's just it's just a great scene i mean it's it's what i wish i could do in terms of just taking the fucking time charting out an idea laying out the 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 diorama because these days let's be real i mean portrait shots can look great they can they can catch people's eyes but when it comes down to it if you truly want to be a next level a next level toy photographer like getting to the 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 10 plus thousand followers and this that and the other thing 
you've got to be able to sit down, come up with an idea, come up with a set. I, I really think that's what sets someone like me uh, or someone like one six shooter apart from someone like me is just the fact that he can sit there and build a fucking set. He can build Endor in his shooting space and then place these figures in it to really bring up that level of authenticity. So yeah. I don't know one of these days, maybe when the kid gets, gets older and it, I'm starting to see it now, people, I get it. She, she'll be five in April. I'm already starting to see how daddy's just the, the, the the male shithead like do this for me he, i'm the butler essentially yeah um i'll probably be finding myself having a lot of uh, daddy alone time in the next few years so maybe if i am still doing the hobby i'll try to take some cues from the likes of one six jason b michael uh, work more or less uh, nose rain i mean the, the people that just fucking have to spend hours on the See. on the dio before they even do the shoot the next time that the world is normal again and there's a proper celebration and you know, either you're out there and some of the other, like you, you need to hook up. Like Trevor was there last time we were there and you just like, we popped by or you popped by at the bar and said hi to him. You guys need to link up at celebration, do a setup, do a couple setups and do like a combo. Oh yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Dude. If I had one six shooter build my dioramas, hell yeah. I I would, I would probably produce some decent shots at that point. (laughs) I I would love for Trevor to, to build me out some dios. To me, that's like one of the biggest mind fucks it is. It's just the, what is an idea for a cool looking shot? Cause at this point, my, my, my brain is stuck in static gear, throw the figure down, try to give it some sort of pose. So it looks like it's not just standing straight up and down like a mannequin and take the shot. Uh, but it is what it is. Like I said, I'm trying to just get back to enjoying this fucking hobby and not hating it and lamenting it so much. So last week, Wednesday, you know, I, I worked out late. I rolled out of my home gym. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to grab that Mendo. I'm going to go outside. No lights, no fucking loom cubes, none of that dumb shit. I'm going to bring some atmosphere aerosol. I'll bring my storm or my drain gun. And I'm just going to throw the fuckers out in my backyard on the dirt and see what we get. That's what I like. You know what I mean? That, that I can almost get to that. But I still, even today, I'm looking at all the new shit I just showed at the beginning of the episode. I'm like, well... How can I use my heroes of Endor now? Make them look neat and not just fucking portraits. I want to be one six shooter. <laughs> but anyways, gotta, uh, I don't want to take yeah. up any more of Trevor's uh, uh, ball licking here. I mean, the guy, the guy's Brains. a pro. Just, just go check it out at one yeah. six underscore shooter. If you're in, if you're in this scene, you know who he is. Uh, I, I, I highly doubt anyone in toy photography for any amount of time has not come across the one six. All right. Good stuff. Here we go. That's that's the end of the top one and the top five and the show. This was a three plus hour. Hey, long this is a new record. This is let me um, let me pull up OBS. Oh, yeah, pre- pretty sure this is a new record or right under our record. So it's like three hours and ten minutes, three hours and twelve minutes, something <laughs> like that. So I'm, I'm uh, pretty sure I, I have wet myself at this point in time. Uh, yeah. I, I can no longer even feel my penis. I have to pee so bad it's just gone numb. I don't know if that's a good thing or, <laughs> or if I'm gonna have to chop it off here. But uh, let's put this show to bed, dude. Let's put this episode to bed. All right, here we go, my friends. We're not gonna be shimmying and shaking for too long because I Gretchen. am going 
or I'm not going, I am delirious at this point in time, talking for three plus hours straight with no script, nothing, just pulling stuff out of our collective Star Wars fanboy assholes is enough to put me to bed. So thank you. We speak all your names, but we need you to speak our name more. And you can do that by going to StarWarsTime.net. That's right. We couldn't get .com because we're losers, but you know that. So once you're at StarWarsTime.net, check out some of the content. We're not just a feature account, all right, people? I know our IG looks like that because my dumbass puts up 12 shots a day, seven days a week. So there's lots of fucking awesome toy photography and Star Wars art, but we also produce content. I just did a video on the Mandalorian TV spot today. What is that egg canister all about? Does it mean something? Or is it, as Nick said, just Baby Yoda's portable gumball machine? We don't know, but that's the type of content you can expect from the team at the Star Wars Time Show. So we're not just pretty faces talking on the mics. We'll also do some YouTube shit. No one just cares to watch it, but that's fine. This week, we'll have a, a comic book video for you on YouTube. So while you're at StarWarsTime.yet, dot yet, see, I told you, the wheels are off, my friends, I'm trying. So while you're on StarWarsTime.net, while you're subscribing to the podcast platform of your choice on that site, you can also scroll down on the right side and get subbed to our YouTube channel. And once you're there, make sure to sign up for notifications so you know when our dumbasses go live because we're never going to give you a clear date and time. It's usually on Tuesdays. It's usually in between 2 and 3 Eastern. We don't really ever know. It goes up and down, but that's how we roll over here. There is no planning. There is really nothing over here. We don't do anything on purpose. Everything is on accident. And once you are subbed up, we would love for you to leave a rating and review. Or if you're on YouTube, please like this video as you're watching it. Comment. All this type of stuff works to please the search engine optimization gods. That's what we need at this point, more so than anything else. We're not going to ask for handouts, but we will ask for foot soldiers. People like Lima 4 out there recruiting. People like uh, uh, Bairns Black Series out there recruiting. Greggy Boy, keep it up. That has been the best type of growth for us. Look at that. That We read that uh, question from Anthony this week who said he learned from the show from Action Figure Noob. This is the dumb shit I keep pleading for. Keep that word of mouth stuff going. All right? Because otherwise, no one's going to know about our little asses. Numbers are a little off this month. So yeah, I am feeling a little sad. You got to remember, I am a Star Wars fan, podcaster, narcissist. I feel everyone should love us. Everyone should hate us. And everyone should listen to us. But if we don't hit our 2000 this month, you better watch the fuck out. November is going to be ugly. As in, I'm going to be delivering all of the podcasts through my bunghole Ace Ventura style. All right? So make sure to subscribe to our X-rated YouTube channel for that nonsense. And in the end, there's always time for Star Wars time. So you have no excuses. There truly is always time for Star Wars time. And remember, if you do listen to the Star Wars time show... The Force will be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>